Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 All right, let's roll. I, I, have, uh, I have not checked this with you, but I bet. I bet I'm going to make a statement right now with which you would agree. Mr. Chris Broussard, a good person, a man of faith. Um, I am a big fan of the truth. Are you? <laughs> Paul Pierce loved him. No. Loved him as a player. <laughs> no, not loved Paul his Pierce. Game. No, I got a funny Paul Pierce story. Do you? Is it about uh, the all the uh, truth that was lacking in the? Oh my gosh, you need a wheelchair to get off the court, and then come back five <laughs> minutes later, be like, I'm cool. No, I'm cool. It, it, quickly. <laughs> okay. After they won the championship in Boston in 20, 2008, Yes. Paul Pierce was great. I don't know if he was the MVP. Or not. I think he oh. may have been the MVP of the finals. I've wiped all those memories from my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm don't, sure. Don't ask any. Yeah, I, see, I wasn't going <laughs> to say who they beat, but now I am. They beat the Lakers. There's no uh, turn staffer with us here in Los Angeles uh, that's going to be able to help you with this. None of them. <laughs> yeah, right. None of them. They're not checking out no. now. But anyway, I think he was the MVP. E- either way, he had a great series. And he said that, you know, a few weeks later, he said he felt like he thought he he's the best player in the world. Okay. And I I don't know if I tweeted at that time. I don't even think I was on Twitter. Um, but I said somehow, somewhere it got public that he's probably not even in the top ten. Okay. And so Paul then, <laughs> who I got to, you know, know a little bit. I went with them to Rome during training camp. Okay. Did a big story on Paul, KG, and Ray Allen coming together. We got to know him a little bit. So he texted me and said, 
man, you ain't in my top ten local reporters either. <laughs> so uh, it was funny. Did it you tell them because you're not local, you're national? <laughs> no, that like, would have been yeah, the text exactly. back. Be like, right? I'm actually not local, Paul. But uh, you know, I love you. Pierce though as a as a commentator. Yeah, no, he does a great I job. I almost think. This might be a slight overstatement. I kind of feel like he's a poor man's Barkley, Charles Barkley. Okay. Because he makes some outlandish statements. He does. He said, I think he definitely said Boston was going to be in the finals, which I know you don't think is too outlandish. I don't at all. He said Kevin Durant's the most dynamic scorer of all time. Of all time. People just get, you, it's too early in a guy's career to start using the phrase all time. It's well, not that he's it's, in his tenth year. Though. I know, but it's not this. It's not that it's not true, or 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 that it's not a conversation. But people just won't even hear you. Yeah, you have to. Look, you, I think people won't pro- even hear you. I think, I think Durant might be three. Yeah, see, behind that's, it's, Jordan it's, and Kareem, it's not bananas. No, but, it's not crazy. But but people won't hear you. Yeah, like, they don't even want to hear like, you. What? Yeah, but I, I like Pierce. But not to get away from your so do no, I like the a, truth, the real truth, the yes, whole truth, like nothing the, but the re, truth. Yes, the one that sets you free. The that truth, truth. That truth. Okay. Yes. yes, love it. Bring it on. Love Beautiful. the truth. I love the truth too. And if you can't tell, uh, this is a time of truth in our world. I mean, take a look at what's going on in subjects like uh, sexual harassment, anything, politics. Uh, it is a time. How well, many fake news? Well, is, is, no, but what I mean by that truth, is that there's going to be fake. Yeah, but how many news. how many times do you see people now on social media who have nothing to do with politics in their history, but they're talking politics? Oh, yeah. And because it's a time where people are like, look, we can no longer afford to uh, blanky foot around subjects. We just yep. got to come out and say it, right? Okay. All right. So Lane Kiffin's going to join us in ten minutes. I think he is one of the guys who has subscribed to this theory, and I support him with this, which is, I'm sorry if I make you uncomfortable, but here's what I think, and I'm going to say it. And I, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. You're seeing in today's day and age, social media and beyond, anything in celebrity, that is what works. It's the same philosophy that LeVar Ball is using, However, well, his truth, he's not using truth. And that's where he lost me. And that's that's the line that I wanted to to kind of bring up with you, because a lot of people will say, oh, in fact, Steve Kerr said this week, LeVar Ball is the Kardashian of the NBA. All right. I think that's a pretty smart comment. And, and I thought Steve Kerr, of all the coaches, has been the best, the best voice on all of this LeVar Ball stuff in saying, don't blame so much LeVar or the media. Blame everybody. Blame the people who are clicking constantly on everything that's put out there about LeVar Ball. It's absolutely true. It's a societal issue, and everybody is clicking and doing all of this, that, and the other. And I understand it. If it's Lane Kiffin who says stuff that you're like, I'm not used to a head coach saying stuff like that. It's okay because it's based in truth. When he says, for instance, uh, Florida Atlantic uh, you know, wasn't ranked at the end of the year. Was that bias? And, and he answers it. Yes, hashtag joke. That's based in truth. Based. It's It's debatable. Yes, but but it's it's an opinion, but it's based in in truth as to where LeVar made his name originally on the comment that uh, my son will be better than Steph Curry and I can beat Michael Jordan in one-on-one. There's no class there. There's no truth there. It's very low-hanging fruit. And so that's the line that I draw to separate these guys and, and the line I draw in terms of which ones I will support and which ones I will not. Wow. 
That's a heck of a soliloquy. Thank you. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, Preacher, how's, Preacher, man. how's everybody doing? The NFL's about to start, and so let's have some fun. But, yeah, I just – you know, Lane's going to join us in a few, and I know we got a lot of things to say yeah. about this LeVar Ball situation and how it relates to the Lakers and Lonzo and everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it is our society today. It's very unfortunate. Um, I think we have a narcissistic society. I think, like, like him or not, I think we have a narcissistic president. You know, even people that support him, I think you'd have to admit he's narcissistic. Mm, come on. Yes, you know? Right. And, and, <laughs> and a lot of... I mean, I think to a large degree, social media is narcissistic. No doesn't have to be, but I mean, I am tired. Yeah, I'm saying it. Listen to this. Turn the radio up. I'm tired of being in TGIF Fridays or in the mall or in Applebee's or wherever I may be and see a woman sitting by herself in a booth (laughs) with her phone stretched out, taking pictures of herself, posing for the camera Taking pictures of herself in the camera and then well, posting it on social why, media. Why you got to be a woman? you never seen a guy I, take I, a selfie? No, I haven't. Never taken, honestly, never seen a guy I'm just take a selfie? It real. Wait, no, you've no, never I've taken a, a selfie? Guy, so I've seen a guy take a selfie. I have not seen him do it in with, that fashion. With a duck face. Po- yeah, <laughs> posing. Exactly. How I look. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying there aren't guys that do it. Okay. But whether it's a guy or a girl. <laughs> It just it, and look, taking a picture of yourself posting it, that's not the worst thing in the world. Right. But it looks terrible. It looks terrible. You know, it, it looks so well uh just narcissistic. It looks worse it's in no, person than it even does it is, on the it, internet. Exactly. It, it doesn't look great on the way internet. Way worse in person. <laughs> way worse in person. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram is completely narcissistic. Sure. Completely. I mean, look at me. Look how whatever I am. Look you know, at the and, life I lead. Ah, oh, right now there are a lot of people that the life fact, I lead. I see a lot of people on Instagram. You go to their feeds, you see almost none of them. Yeah, everybody. You it see, doesn't have to be right, pictures of other things, yes. pictures of other people. Um, you know, if there's kind of a theme to the Instagram page, you're going to see you know whatever it's photography, and so you're only going to see like yeah, but scenes that, that, or whatever. No question, but so many people. It is all about them. And in that world, I mean, we could go to reality TV. Reality TV and all that. In that type of world, a LeVar Ball can be successful. 100%. I mean, how many people do you know who will admit that they watch the Kardashians? There aren't many. Gavin, you watch the Kardashians? Gavin, you in? Never ne- seen okay, enough. Never I've never seen, seen I don't even know what channel is it on. Is it Bravo? See, uh, isn't it on E? It's on E, right? Asking it's on the, the wrong e person. Network. Nick says gonna, yes. Nick, Nick is, is there. Hold you on. Seen Kurt, it, Nick, have you seen it? Well, of course. Look at him. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, I'll <laughs> admit, I don't watch it. I'll admit that I've seen No, I don't oh. like sit down and watch it. Have I seen it? Sure. I've like flipped through and you catch a couple minutes. Um, you know, my my wife and I both at different times in our lives have pitched different TV projects. And and if you're in the unscripted space, you'd be stupid to not look at it just to be like, okay, what works? What's working? Right. But no, am I a fan? I don't have posters on the wall. Uh, I don't. I don't TiVo it. Right. I don't. I don't have a subscription to it. But you, you can't, don't have to see everything they tweet. And no, see what I actually about. don't even follow them on Twitter. But you. <laughs> but I, I don't have a problem with them. But it's the same dynamic that did elect Donald Trump. Remember no before the election. Nobody would admit that they were going to vote for him. That's why the polling was so off. 
Nobody admits they'll watch the Kardashians, but someone's doing it because they're crushing it in the ratings and have 30 different shows. I will even go beyond the election. When Donald, during the campaign, I mean, CNN, that's the station I watch most of the news channels, but all of them, but CNN in particular, it was Donald, it was all Trump all the time. Of course. All, I mean, this before the, he was president. During the campaign, that year preceding it, he was all Trump all the time, and it was solely to see if he said anything outrageous and outlandish, which he did a lot of times, and it made great news, you know, for them, it got ratings and all that. And I, I got to admit, I was into it. I was like, it was like reality TV in politics. No one had ever seen it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. yeah. Never yeah. seen anything. So I'm with you on, I think, look, I don't dislike everything about LeVar Ball. I've had him on my podcast, In the Zone, and I enjoyed him. He's been, I on, like he's him. been on this he's show. He's been on this show. Yeah. I, I like him, actually. I, I do disagree with a lot of what he does and says. I like his ambition. I like his entrepreneurial spirit, even if I may disagree with some of the moves he's made. I certainly disagree with what he's done with his younger boys. But uh, I I just think before, you know, if you're going to attack LeVar Ball, to your point, it's more about attacking the what our society has become in this regard right. from the bottom uh, to the top. 100%. I mean, when I look at this and I listen to Steve Kerr, that was my thought. It's like anybody who wants to say, uh, hey, that group over there is why LeVar Ball has become a big deal. Stop. Here's a mirror. Yeah, Look yeah. in it. That's why LeVar Ball's big. But I don't it, care who you are. Coach, media member, uh, clicker, uh, player, LeVar himself, whatever you are, it's everyone. Everyone led to this. We, As human beings, we whether we want to admit it or not, we are drawn to the negative, the sensational, the salacious. Unfortunately. I mean, it, it, yeah. take hip-hop. I'm a, I love hip-hop. Nobody wants to hear Will Smith anymore. I was just going to say. In fact, he was a legitimately good rapper. And was wildly ripped by the rap community yes. for being soft and fake and all of that. Once it went gangster, and we can thank L.A. for that for the most part. I know there's a little roots in, you know, they'll say Karis <laughs> one with the, with the heat on the cover, criminal-minded, all that. But, you know, L.A. N.W.A. <laughs> really made it gangster and all that for the most part. And once it did that, that, like that's nobody wanted to hear Kid and Play. Right. Nobody wanted right. to hear Will Smith. You know, no matter how good your skills were, mm-hmm. you had to become more hardcore, and that's just human nature. That's why there is somebody named the Truth that we need to get with. But okay. I'll leave that all right. All right. So much more on this. What can be done? What should be done? How does it happen? Um, all of that as the NFL playoffs also kick off. And R.J. Bell is going to join us in 15 minutes to help us with that. The phone lines are ready, 877-99 on Fox. And Lane Kiffin is going to join us next. Pretty good freaking show. It's Fox Sports Radio. All right, Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, we're trying to connect with, uh, with Lane Kiffin. Hopefully do so soon. R.J. Bell coming up in 10 minutes as well. I can tell when we get into this LeVar thing, uh, from the basketball side of it, you still have a lot more to say about 
uh, where this goes next because I feel like, you know, that that clap back was always coming and it finally came with this particular story uh, that was a week old or so that LeVar says the Lakers have, you know, no longer paying attention to Luke Walton. The NBA coaching fraternity finally came out with the hardcore clap back. And it's like, okay, that's it. We've had it. So now the media is kind of in this little slot. Like, what do you do? Do you keep talking to them? Do you not keep talking to them? How does it affect the Lakers? It's amazing how it seemingly doesn't affect Lonzo. He's always got no... I think that's one of the great things about him is growing up, having to live up to and live with his father's bluster, his father's proclamations. I think that's really hardened him to pressure. You know, I, I'm sure it, he, he is a human being, so it has to affect him in, in some, there somewhere. to some degree. But he really is able to play under immense scrutiny and 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 criticism and negativity and and hype and all that. I mean, most of his best games have been on the biggest stages. First time at Madison Square Garden plays well. First time against LeBron James in Cleveland plays well. Kobe Bryant retirement ceremony plays well like he is uh I think he can live up to the hype and even now like the last month or so he's really played very good basketball his shooting percentage is way up his three points percentage is way up uh if he I've said this before the only problem or the main problem with Lonzo Ball is that because of his dad's mouth he is over scrutinized if his dad was just a normal NBA dad and we didn't know who he was, he was just LeVar, but we didn't know his name, any of that, we would be looking at Lonzo Ball saying, the Lakers are struggling, but this dude's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, a 10.7 rebound, seven assists, oh. had a triple-double, played well on the big stage. I had a Lakers assistant coach tell me he might be their best defender. You know, he's getting – he's Because he's, he's not going to be a lockdown defender. But he is long. He's got great instincts and intuition. He gets a good number of steals, so he's in passing lanes. Uh, And he's smart. And those are things, you know, if you have enough athleticism, and he does, does. then you can be a a very good defender. No, he's a good player. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, And what we know in sports is that if you're a good player, uh, people will put up with a lot of crap. Yes. Like teams will put up with a lot of stuff. Think about it now. Think about around the sports. Uh, if you're a you're a pain in the rear, but you're talented, I mean we're describing most of the Steelers, aren't we? Right? We'll get I mean, to that, right? Well, listen, but you're right. We are. What, what the would, three Bs for sure? What would Bill Belichick do if his star running back two days before a playoff game came out and started talking about next year's contract? He might cut him right he there. He would <laughs> cut. Not might. Uh, I'm telling hold you. Hold on. If he had Le'Veon Bell. Hey, listen. He wouldn't cut him right before a playoff game. Right? Listen, the guy tried to dump Tom Brady. That's how we got all this drama going on the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's true. I mean, we're hearing all to- all sorts of stuff well, I, about I, that. I, listen, everything we know about Bill Belichick suggests that after this year, he would like to go to Garoppolo. Everything we know about Belichick suggests that. A week ago, people were saying everything we know about Belichick would suggest he's out of New England next year. Well, I think that the out of New England thing comes from the fact that 
it feels like he had a big time battle with Robert Kraft and lost. But and he's do never. You, do you think he's out of New England? If he wants to be. Uh, well, of I, course I, I, he I can can't. leave whenever he wants, and he could get any job he wants. Well, but and I the mean, Giants' job I, would be perfect. But what but I mean, everything about it, he's come out and said is up to him. Is I'm not. No, but I, of course it, it's always up to him. No, I'm just yeah. Robert Kraft's not going to be like this is too much. We're picking Tom over you. Let's let's. Oh let's, no no that's no not happening. no. But the 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 narrative had become Belichick's about to leave. If you uh, and I don't think that. That doesn't appear to be true. I, I mean, he's denied it, and it, yeah, but it's it's possible that that an effect on this is how they end up doing. Like, do they win a Super Bowl? Do they not win a Super Bowl? That might have something to do with it. All things considered, and equal, if you put me in a corner, I would actually say yes. That he's going to leave. Yes, yes. I mean, look, it, it certainly would make sense that even if he has designs on leaving, that he would come out and say, no, I'm saying I'm definitely here. That's nonsense. You know, to not ruin this postseason run. Right. Right? So right. it's possible, but I tend to believe that he will be back. There was one press conference, I think it was a conference call, where somebody asked him specifically about the New York Giants job. And his immediate answer was, we're focused on the Titans. He didn't say no. He simply said, we're focused on it. And then they followed up. The question included an out, though. The question was, is it your intention to be with the Patriots next year? He said, absolutely. But that has an out in it. That's your intention. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. And what do we know about coaches? I I mean, Nick Saban, I am not not going to Alabama. Oh, you're not? So just because Belichick said this, that, the other over the last 10 days doesn't tell me Anything about next well, year. Well, we had our guest on last week. For what was it? The Boston Sports Journal, Gavin. Um, and he, Greg Bedard, he was he was more like basically saying the, the whole thing was a bit overblown. And that, you know, he thinks Belichick is definitely going to be back. I think he was – did he go as far as to say no chance? He's leaving. He was that – he was pretty strong about it. And so – Look, we'll find out in a month or so, right? Right, right, and, uh, or less. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, you know, kind of getting back to the uh, the the origin of the conversation, though. When you're looking at, I, I now hear uh, people suggesting uh, the Lakers should do this, Magic should do this, Lonzo should say this, Lavar should say this. It's funny. I, I'll go back to what I said 15 minutes ago. To me. Everybody shares a piece of this pie. Everybody does. LeVar obviously does. He's the one that took the narrative here. Uh, The Lakers drafted him absolutely knowing exactly what they were getting into. Uh, I don't know if they knew exactly. I don't think they knew exactly. They knew that LeVar was LeVar. He was already LeVar. But I don't think they knew he wouldn't stop. I don't think any (laughs) of us knew he wouldn't stop. Fair guess. Not the stopping type. Yeah, but you you met you went to his house. Yes, you had breakfast with him. You talked to him about the things he had been saying. He told you, "I'm not following my son to the Lakers. I'm gonna be working with my younger boys." You know, I'm. I'm he said, "I can't coach him anymore. You guys have to take him to the next level." Like he said all the right things. So he had them convinced. Not that he was gonna stop talking altogether but that he wouldn't, you know, be a problem. 
So I don't think they I don't think they thought it would be this bad. Well, I don't think any of us thought that may be that true. He would do some that of may the be true, but it's done. not. But again, they did. Eyes you knew were wide what open, the type of person right? he was. The yeah. media keeps going because it's low hanging fruit. The public keeps clicking. Um, Lonzo hasn't spoken up to him. Like every single person shares in our current reality. Everybody. Well, here's what people need to realize. I don't necessarily, I don't agree with this, but this society is about money. And if LeVar Ball, having him on television, having him on your podcast, having him on the radio, if that's going to lead to money, then the people in charge are going to want him on. As long as he doesn't start cursing and getting vulgar Hmm. and explicit, they are. I get it. If you don't don't want him on – you, if he really is driving ratings and you don't want him on, you might get a text from the higher ups saying, you might. "Put him on." You might. We can get him. Put him on. I, yeah. Although maybe it's my utopian world here, uh, but is that a, a fair excuse for everything? Well, there's money. There's money. Involved. No, I I don't agree with it, but right? that's the reality. I mean, there's money in selling drugs too. Well, like I said, as long as there is a line, there is a line, and we're about we're legalizing what used to be that's right a drug that would put your butt in jail. (laughs) More on that, you know. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, Uh, all right, not done with this. And by the way, I think Lane Kiffin is now going to uh, we're going to track him down next hour uh, instead. R.J. Bell in sixty seconds. Let's get uh, Ralph Urban in here right now as well. Get us all set up for this game that's about to kick. Well, before we get to the game, guys, there are two games going on in the NBA. The Lakers in overtime right now against Dallas and L.A. with a 104-99 lead with 49 seconds to play. Meanwhile, Sacramento playing at the Clippers in L.A. with a lead there, 51-34. Four and a half minutes to play in the first half. On the top 25 scoreboard, an upset in Lubbock, as number eight Texas Tech takes out number two West Virginia, 72 71. Number 10 Xavier, all over number 25 Creighton, 90 to 70, 92 to 70. And number 17 Arizona, a winner over Oregon, 90 to 83. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and you mention it we're about set to get started atlanta at philadelphia the second straight playoff game on the road for the falcons here's head coach dan quinn uh, last week was a good environment for sure you could feel the energy for the game and uh first postseason game for there but uh yeah this one for sure is closer and uh i'm not going to say more passionate but i would say um more northeast i'll just say it's more philadelphia versus la but back to you all right, Ralph, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Uh, we continue live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's roll. R.J. Bell at R.J. in Vegas on Twitter. Straight out of Vegas, Friday and Saturday nights on Fox Sports Radio. You can hear him tonight, 10, a, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, for that show, straight out of Vegas, and also, of course, founder of pregame.com. RJ, great to have you. As always, we're watching this game about to kick. It's very strange to see a Rhodes favorite in the divisional round 
when the number one seed is playing, but we all understand how we've got here. What I want to know is, what do you think this number would be if Carson Wentz were playing? A touchdown. Philly favored by a touchdown. Maybe wow. six. Wow. So and we're talking you, eight or nine points here. Well, listen, if you think about it, uh, Philly was a three-point dog for a lot of this week. So seven one way to three the other. You're looking at 10, Jeez. which would be the biggest adjustment in the history of the NFL, literally tied only with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the Hunley, was about 10 points. And then the idea that Wentz to Foles is 10, it's just not warranted. Because let's be candid, Foles, even though he's underperformed, is a better quarterback than Hunley, it would seem. And thus, are we really saying Wentz? is the most valuable player in NFL history. The market is saying that, but it's not correct. That's why the one bet I've made this week was the Eagles plus three. It's an overreaction to Foles, quite frankly, underperforming since he has taken over. Does the bye week have anything to do with your thinking as well? Absolutely, because not only do you have the Eagles with the bye, which in general is a good thing, even better when you have a quarterback that you're trying to get up to speed, trying to get his rhythm, all the different things with a backup you struggle with. And even more important, Chris, when you compare it to an Atlanta team playing their fourth road game in five weeks and the most recent road game being a cross-country trip to California. So you go to California, you play a tough game, you win. You come back, a couple days later, you're back on the road playing your fourth road game out of five. That's tough especially relative to a rested team. And what about the outdoor and, and, and weather situation and a dome team? Is that And what about this dome team? Like, what's the norm for that subject? And what about this particular team? I, I think it's a good point. You know, they're, all passing teams are not created equal. So, some passing teams are more timing and touch. Other passing teams, not as much. Usually dome teams love pristine, even a, a Peyton Manning in his prime because he would play in the dome, struggled oftentimes in the bad weather. So I think it's a factor. I also think the worse the weather is, the more defensive-minded a game is. And Atlanta certainly has an advantage on offense. But defensively, the Eagles have a significant advantage. DVOA, a very respected sabermetric measure has the Eagles with the best defense in the NFL. So the more, uh, let's say, external factors like the weather that hinders offenses, that's probably better for the Eagles. All right, moving on to the AFC. Um, can there be any effect uh, from Brady's age and the drama that's going on in New England? I mean, he has not had a good – last month of the season. I mean, is this something real or that people will consider it real when they bet? I think yes, but I don't think it affects them as much this week. And here's why. Drama-wise, on our Straight Out of Vegas show, we've talked about this extensively. I think most people have this narrative wrong. And they are comparing it to bow or or the various gates that <laughs> deflate gate the various <laughs> gates in the history of the patriots but those were always outside factors attempting to be problematic for the pats this time it's internal this time it's amongst themselves now we can all debate how accurate the story was but the fact that there's never been a story like this and now there is 
tells me there's something to it. So to me, it's an X factor. I can't quantify it. But man, the first time they're fighting amongst themselves, that means something, I think. Number two, I think Brady, you just look at the math of it. He's an older quarterback, and older quarterbacks typically struggle later in seasons. First 10 games of the year, one interception. Last six games of the year, six interceptions. You look last year, he only played 12 regular season games. So in the playoffs, it was 13, 14, and 15. Well, now he's in game 17 today, and he's a year older. And you even go back to 2015, so this has been two years ago now, when he did play past game 16 because he played a full season, the first 14 games of that season, he only had two games with a passer rating less than 90. So let's call that a below average game. Two out of 14, last four games of the season, three of the four below average. Hmm. RJ Bell, pregame.com, joining us. By the way, uh, opening drive, first play for the Eagles. Uh, they throw the ball way downfield and get a pass interference and have the ball in Falcons territory. However, the second play was a fumble by Jay Ajayi, and the Falcons have it. So uh, a lot going on, and there's only been two plays in this football game. Uh, but sticking with the Patriots there, RJ, here's what I wonder. Typically when a team is dominant, I remember this, in fact, about the 49ers in the 80s, the Cowboys in the 90s. Like, people are expecting such greatness that the numbers usually get a little skewed. However, you say to us, you don't get rich betting against the Patriots. So what's the norm as far as Patriots spreads? Are they out of whack or on point? There's a premium on the Patriots, meaning just the fact that casual fans like to bet winning teams means there's going to be more people betting the Patriots, thus the Patriots would seem to be expensive. Now, the only expensive team I've ever seen, and I'm in my mid-40s, but I've been betting since I was 14. That's the truth. Statute of limitations is up on that. <laughs> mom Third, mom ah, didn't know that. Well, no, she did. She, as long as I was winning, she was okay with it. 30 years. This is the only premium team I've seen that overperforms, that there's something about them the market doesn't properly account for and it's Belichick. He's figured things out we don't understand in Vegas. No other coach understands either. Right. And that's one of the reasons they've exceeded expectations so much. This is an amazing stat. The last eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, since Brady's first start and since Belichick. For every one of those time periods, the Patriots have the very best ATS against the spread wow. record in the NFL. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Um, hey, it, it is. Yeah, RJ, great stuff. Always good to hear from you. Thank you so much. And again, we're going to tune in and have everybody tune in at 10 o'clock Pacific tonight on Fox Sports Radio for Straight Out of Vegas. So you're saying when Chris goes from club to club in yes, L.A., that's right. he'll be listening. Well, singing, no. that, singing that song in my head. <laughs> He's got earbuds and the app, uh, so he can actually listen to it in the club. It's going to be it's gonna be great. Thanks, Thanks RJ. Man. All right. Later, RJ. There goes RJ Bell. Uh, pregame.com. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. All right, we're following along the game, so we'll keep you up to date. Um, and also coming up next, 877-99 on Fox. If you had to put your chip in front of one person that you would like to see make the next move in the LeVar Ball situation, is it LeVar? Is it Lonzo? Is it the Lakers? Is it Magic? Is it God? 
Uh, whoever it is, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. We'll take your calls next. All right, glad you're with us, Fox Sports Radio. Are the Falcons lining up a field goal? The uh, Falcons. Is it up and good? It's up and good. Okay, Falcons. Falcons take a three nothing lead on their opening drive, which came off of a Jay Ajayi fumble on the second play from scrimmage for the Eagles. The first play was a long pass play uh, and a pass interference call. And the reason they got a pass interference call was because Nick Foles threw the ball to Torrey Smith just about 17 yards short of where he was trying to throw it. <laughs> Terrible uh, and so he, so Smith puts on the brakes, and all the Atlanta defenders are like, whoa, and they, <laughs> they run into him, tackle him, pass interference. It works, but I don't think that's necessarily the right formula. Do they need to change that? Yes. Rule before you even say it. Yes. Fifteen yards, like college, or yeah. I think there would be there would be instances where maybe today's rule is appropriate. Like if a guy just totally got you beat and you clearly, Mm -hmm. but I think there needs to be some differentiation. All pass interferences are not created equal. I wonder what the the answer is because I totally agree with you. If we flip that rule to the college rule, you're going to immediately. Every time someone gets beat deep, tackle yep. him. Yep, tackle him exactly. I, and so I don't, I don't know what the fix is there. I don't know if there's a different. I think you can have two. Don't you think you can have two parts of a rule where yes, if it's if it's declared, and it might be a subjective point, but if it's declared purposeful and out of desperation, you grab the guy then. It, it is the point of the yeah, foul. Yeah, like, like maybe it's it, a different rule with five minutes le- or less to go in the game. Yeah. yeah I, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and and uh, during that last five minutes, you can't just, you know, well, we're just going to throw it up and yeah. uh, and see if my, our receiver can draw a P.I. So, uh, anyway, but I agree with you that it, uh, there are too many times, like a play like that, it was a horrible that throw. And uh, and the Eagles, uh, the Eagles got a big play out of it. Um, all right, Eagles are going to get the ball back now. 9.04 to go, first quarter. Falcons three, Eagles nothing. Um, and real quick, I'm impressed by the Falcons. I don't know if you agree with me on this. I said uh, to you earlier today, I am impressed that the Falcons got back to the playoffs, kind of had to scratch and claw to get there, and now they're having success once they get there. Everyone said, me included, this would be a horrible hangover Super Bowl loss year for the Falcons and probably wouldn't make the playoffs in what was the NFL's best division. Um, but they did, and now they're having success with it. To me, they deserve a, a, a pretty good pat on the back. Why? Because for being professionals, it's more. Than they're that. good enough to make the playoffs, it's right? More, yes, but it's they more have than that. the talent. So if they had, I'm not going to give them credit because they didn't go into a funk. But they're human beings. Yeah, but you blew it. It's your right. fault. You blew it. No, and, get that. I mean, look, we if we're going to give them an excuse where if they had not made the playoffs, it would have been an excuse. Uh, the way they fell I mean, apart is tough. I mean, we could do that with virtually every star player. We could do that with Lonzo. We We've been talking that. about Lonzo. We, we could say, man, his dad's running his mouth. And you just said you know? you're impressed by it. No, like, I'm like, not impressed. I'm I'm impressed and, 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 that he can handle it. Yes, that's I'm what I'm not saying. impressed that he can play under. I'm talking about his personality and all that. And this is a 20 year old kid too, fresh out of co- a one year of college. Look, professional versus a team, professional athletes, and actually just professionals in general. You have to get good at compartmentalizing. 
Like what Short if memories? Well, what if you had? Okay, let's take a broadcaster. That's what we know. Okay, let's take a broadcaster. Uh, what if they were going through a divorce, and they had to come do a show every day? And have fun and talk about sports and stuff that's light and fun. But in the background, you're going, you got to find a way to not bring that to the air, right? But you wouldn't compare what they went to through to a divorce. No, well, my point is, is divorce it, is much worse. Is an emotional uh, difficulty for yeah. sure, for sure. So that's a human thing, and to be able to compartmentalize that, and you know, we always used to give people used to give Kobe credit for compartmentalizing. During the Colorado situation, and I was like, "Well, hold on a second, man. That was a self-made problem. If I well, ever saw it, so was what the Falcons did. Now it's different. Not by each and every guy on that team. They didn't all blow the lead. I, I give you know Kobe I mean? a lot more credit than I would give the Falcons. Really? Kobe? Yes, he was facing who knows how long in jail. Yeah, but that's because your of public his... reputation is, I mean, you know, was ruined. Yes. I mean, you got like people think you are a sexual offender. And you know, I, that that to me was a lot worse I know, yeah. than going through. Okay, we lost the Super Bowl. They, let's be honest, we blew. We're up twenty eight three. I understand. We blew one's, it. One's a real life situation. And one's a game. And one's a scoreboard. That's so. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why I would give Kobe way more credit. I think a player going through a divorce or some tough family situation, or heck, LeBron James says it all the time. Man, I, I won just by being here. Yep. The way some of these guys have grown up in the impoverishment and broken homes and things like that, I give them a lot more credit for just coming out day in and day out to get to where they have than a football team that overcame a tough loss that you gave, I, you, you gave a game away yourself. It's not just a game, man. That's my point. Like, you got to the point where America was ready to turn the TV off and declare you champions. I and mean, somehow, okay. some way, you're not – you didn't get that ring. Did you – what about the San Antonio Spurs what about in them? 2014? A little different. They blew it way worse. Not blew it, but no. Ray out. Their situation – at least just as bad. I mean, that series a, was over. A 25-point lead in the second okay, but half same of a thing. football game. Same, same thing in that it is in the bag. In fact, I would say. I never felt like that was in what? the bag. They were bringing the ropes out. It was, it was yeah, they were but bringing it's basketball. the ropes out. And Ray Allen made a three and then you put the ropes away. Like, no, it was but a, they, how many that points, was over. How many points were they up by? What was their lead? I don't know what it was in the second or the fourth quarter, but what, they, every that game was over. Leads man. like that evaporate in the NBA all no, the time. That, that never game a, was over. Twenty five. That's why the Spurs the were so motivated. Ah, Either think, way, whether we disagree on the the level of you know how how much they had it in the bag, it's similar to what the Falcons went through. Both teams should have felt have every reason to believe they should have won that championship. Um, and right. the Spurs Eight. came back even stronger than the Falcons. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is the number. Matt Chatham is going to join us on Patriot Drama coming up right around the corner. Stay with us. All right, we keep rolling on Fox Sports Radio, kind of like the Atlanta Falcons rolling down the field. They're already up three nothing. Matt Ryan six of seven, seventy three yards, has him just shy of midfield for a first down on their second drive. It is still first quarter inside of four minutes. Keep you up to date there. Uh, Lane Kiffin, Eric Pincus this hour, and also Matt Chatham is going to join us right now. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios.
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Skyco.com for a free rate. Quote, Matt Chatham, Nesson analyst, host of the Real Thing Patriots podcast and a three-time ring wearer for the New England Patriots. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Chatham. 58. Matt, great to have you on. Thanks so much. I, You know, I've talked to a handful of people who have at least spent some time in this organization to sort of handicap what they think is going to happen next because it does really feel out of character, right? Like these stories and what you're seeing these guys, Belichick and Brady, do, how out of character is it? Well, they won a lot of games, so that's in character. They're in, you know, they got to buy their home. Uh, I think the the general feeling on the ground is actually quite similar to character. I, I think the notion, though, that there was some talk fodder for a week leading up to it that was dissimilar to what we usually see. Yeah, that that would be the part that's out of character. But I think the thing that that me here, at least locally, working locally, and still, you know, knowing some of the guys are in that locker room, most of that stuff doesn't make its way in there. It, it is a little bit of a different universe inside that building than it is outside here covering the team like I now do as a former player. So generally speaking, what, what we're talking about, what people are talking about about them, doesn't always, you know, provide a perfect reflection of what they're dealing with. So I think they go to game day today like any other, ready to roll, and, and most of the stuff we're, we're sort of batting around doesn't have a lot to do with them. Matt, a week ago, there was all types of speculation, and some people felt it was a certainty that Bill Belichick would not be back uh, with New England next year. He obviously has denied that and, and put that to rest. Do you think it's a done deal? He's back next year. End of discussion. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say that'd probably be the safest bet you could take from now and anything leading up to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I just to me, that was such a far-fetched, crazy thing. Especially, I mean, most of those things are said without knowing a guy's contract to begin with, beyond just sort of his wants and all those kinds of things and what his preferences were. That that beside the case, and I think it's different for us for former players. You know, everything that goes on with us, usually the conversation starts because we know some roster bonus is coming up. You know, everyone knows our contracts, uh, a spot track or through the NFLPA or something like that. You can look them up. Coaches aren't advertised that way. We don't generally know their terms. So, you know, Bill wasn't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, say if you were to buy into sort of the drama and uh, that there would be some sort of forced move, the compensation for a guy like him would be half an organization. And I, I really don't know how you could fairly <laughs> yeah. evaluate something. I mean, how could you do that? I mean, when you look how, at what how Gruden got, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Gruden's, what, one-tenth of Bill. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand how you could come to that number fairly without bombing an organization, quite frankly, without handicapping it so much to get that coach. So, you know, it's just it's just so completely implausible. And I don't think a great reflection over people's heads right here anyhow. You find one, you know, friend from the summer that, you know, says something, and that's, that's, that's not terribly, uh, uh, I think, important. Matt, with that said, I mean, if you look at Bill Belichick's history, and if you even look at the history of the NFL from Steve Young and Joe Montana to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, like, it's, it, it stands to reason that Bill would be getting pretty close to wanting to think about handing the reins over to Garoppolo, no? Yeah, it's just this is one of the unique situations really in all football that, you know, you have a guy, and you found a guy. I think absolutely Jimmy's going to be a good player. You know, is he a Hall of Famer? We don't know that. But, I mean, I think he looks like he's going to be a very good pro and a guy that helped affect wins and losses. I think mean, that was obvious to see out in San Francisco over that last month. But I think all that said, this is as unique a situation as you can find because the Patriots are already going to be carrying a 22 and change number, a cap number that, can't, that you know presumably couldn't or wouldn't be done redone by Tom. So to add on to that, really the only ostensible way that you could have done it was to, to franchise Jimmy. So that puts another 23 and change on top of that. So all of a sudden you're at over 
31% of cap allocation for the quarterback position. This is something I wrote on a couple of years ago where you can look at a lot of the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, even the guys you know, the big names you know, the Roethlisberger, the Peyton Mannings, even Eli, and some of those years where they were able to push it across the line, they were actually at either you know a non-bonus year, a year where it was prorated, a year where the quarterback wasn't taking up as big a chunk of the cap. When the quarterback's number bounces, most teams don't win. And when it bounces and then you add a franchise guy on top of it, it's essentially right in the year off. And this just isn't the kind of place that would do something like that. So when we learned that Jimmy wasn't willing to take a long-term deal where he'd sit for another year or two and it would be weighted based upon play time, you, know, just, you just learned that that wasn't feasible. That was never going to happen. And when Brady scorched things for those first two months of the season, that turned Jimmy into insurance. So, uh, and then they knew they were going to go another way. So fortunately with this, it does still look like Tom has multiple years left to go. So it gives you time to use high draft capital and, and develop another guy. What's your take on who made the decision to trade Garoppolo, Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick? Hmm. It's got to be Bill, uh, just because that's the dynamic in the building. Was there input, the conversations, were the comments? Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, but I think at the end of the day, Bill does have final say. Um, you know, and whether or not there was a conversation, a meeting, I mean, they've, they've all denied the meeting, so... To me, that's that's strength enough on those guys' credibility that they didn't have a meeting. But that doesn't mean they didn't have a conversation. That doesn't mean that it wasn't sort of a known topic in the building. But ultimately, Bill makes the call. And I don't think you'll ever see a situation where he gets overrided. And had he, then, then the drama would be real. But that wasn't the case. And I think one of the, you know, locally, a lot of the stuff we were talking about was, you know, the compensation question. And there was a lot of stories in the summer about, you know, needing multiple this and that to get it. And we came out of the summer with, you know, some of your biggest, best source guys, uh, reporters in the league saying that, you know, the Patriots hadn't been actually over- offered more than a two and some change. So the notions of ones and multiple ones just wasn't there. And I think part of the bluff was that people not believing that the Patriots could offer much more than a franchise tag and that Jimmy would itch to go. And I think that then it ended up being true. So then you get midway through a season with a with a trade deadline looming, and all of a sudden you realize, okay, you've got to just get as much compensation as you can for eight games because nobody buys it, and that's that's reasonable. So then you get your eight, you get your second round pick, which actually for half of one season without the ability to control after is, is probably as good as you can do, and you move on and go to the next thing. Matt Chatham joining us, Nesson analyst, host of the Real Thing Patriots podcast on Fox Sports Radio, uh, Matt. What you know, everyone's looking for signs of age with Tom Brady, and uh, some think they've found it here now that you know, a couple December's in a row, the numbers haven't exactly looked the same. Uh, what, what do you see? What is the difference between the Tom Brady you played with and the guy you see right now? So, uh, my best point of reference beyond just the years of playing with Tom and then even my years of the Jets playing against it, I, I think I actually looked at Brett Favre, and Favre was, I was, was my teammate for a short time my last year in the league in New York, and I think there's, when, when you hit a guy that you can see attributes that used to make him great that are no longer there, and for far, that was the escapability. You know, he could still sling it, still have that arm attached to his body, um, but as soon as he wasn't, the escapability wasn't quite there, then you don't have, like, your full far, right? I mean, I think that might be the case with Aaron Rodgers, you know, five, ten years from now, whatever it may be. But with Tom, I, I don't. There's not a missing attribute. There's not some sort of arm velocity thing. He's been he's been throwing the hell out of the football. That has been a non-issue. Uh, there hasn't been you know a mobility issue. I think it, it, people can. You know, a lot of examples throughout the course of this year 
or some of his in-pocket movements better than it was two or three years ago. So it's like, okay, the mobility hasn't changed. The arm issue is not different. What would be different? And you point to a couple of the statistical changes, and it's a mental mistake or two. And that usually isn't attributable to age. If anything, your, your decision-making gets better with age. So I think some of the things that have happened that I think mislead people a little bit down the stretch here is they had three games where the team cumulatively rushed for almost 200 yards. So they, get, they went with run-heavy game plans. And in those games, Tom made a singular, uncharacteristic mistake. He threw a pick, you know, and he doesn't usually do that. Well, if you're able, and it's a little bit unfair, but if you're able to filter out the pick, the bad decision that's more mental than just some sort of arm issue, the rest of it's all the same. So I think we go into a playoff run here, and don't be surprised if he doesn't scorch it again. And I think one of the nearest examples a year ago in that Super Bowl, you have the uncharacteristic mental mistake in the first half. Pick six goes all the way backwards. You know, that's not good for the team. But then some of, I mean, maybe six to seven, eight of the best throws you'll see down that stretch that come back from 28-3. So both those things can exist within the same game, and I don't think they necessarily marry up with some future story. So he's the same guy. You hope that you minimize the mistakes down the stretch. But the arm's still there. The decision-making, by and large, is still the same. Matt, great stuff. Thanks so much for coming on. Great to hear from you today. All righty, guys. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks okay. a lot, Matt. Matt Chatham, Nesson analyst and host of the Real Thing Patriots podcast. Uh, right here on Fox Sports Radio with Mark Willett, Chris Broussard. The game continues, um, and uh, and also coming up next, what is the right way to handle social media as a sports celebrity in 2017? That's next. All right, Fox Sports Radio with Chris Broussard, Mark Willett. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago, Eagles have the ball. Falcons still lead 3 nothing. early second quarter. Eagles have it, though, just inside the Falcons' 25-yard line. Keep you up to date. But let's get Lane Kiffin in here, the head coach at FAU, uh, which was uh, somehow not ranked in the top 25 at the end of the season. And, and Lane, listen, I mean, uh, you, you've certainly uh, had some fun on social media throughout the year. Uh, but I, you know, I look at what some of the stuff you send out, and I, to me, I'm like, well, a lot of this is whether it's opinion or not, it's based in some sort of fact. How do you, how do you go about kind of deciding the, you know, the the tone you're going to set on social media? Well, Mark, when you know, depending where you're at, you know, you to me, you have specific plans, and so we've been a number of places, and and you have different plans. You know, when you're you know, when you're at a USC, you know, you don't need to draw attention, you know, um, especially following Coach Carroll and, you know, the program was in, in such good shape prior to the sanctions that you don't need to, to draw attention to the program to help in recruiting, to help in um, national exposure, to help in um, out-of-state enrollment, you know, of kids and stuff. Well, we're in a different place. So, um, you know, our, our, our plan here has been much different and, um, you know, and I think it's worked really well. You know, our president, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I got to work for the president and, and the place that I'm at, you know, just like you do. And so um, our president's extremely happy. Our out-of-state um, applications are up 40 percent in one year, which is ridiculous. And, um, you know, we won 11 games. So, um, you know, the, there was a plan from the first day that we got here and, and you know, we're just getting started. So how have you found that your players and then players you're going out to recruit for the future how have they responded to the social media? Have you seen a different, you know, you like you think it's helped. So what are some ways that you've seen that it's kind of helped you guys? Well, yeah, I mean, I know I get, you know, bad publicity for it, whatever. And so 
but that, again, that's not who I don't work for, you know, the national media, you know, and their opinions on things or, or you know, band forms of other schools or conferences. And so um, it works great for us. You know, when you walk into a house or we have official visitors here right now, you know, we're over here at the Boca Resort, you know, where the guys stay at and um, get ready for a dinner, you know, and, and when you walk in, you know, almost every parent, you know, just talks about, hey, I love following you on Twitter, you know, and they start, you know, just start <laughs> starts conversations you know and so um you know had you not done that they ain't many head coaches in the world they're going to walk into a house or you know, an official visit and and the parents and the kids are you know want to to talk about twitter and and what your program is doing and the stuff that's out there so this is interesting i mean it's a full-blown recruiting tool for you where like so what's next where 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 do you think this whole realm goes and specific to recruiting and jobs like yours well, the Twitter thing started, you know, really because, you know, there was a dumb rule that we couldn't text recruits or parents, but yet we could get on Twitter and we could direct message them. So that's really where the whole thing started. Now they've changed the rule where you can text, but, you know, the ability to reach people so fast and, and you know, all the followers that recruits their parents, you know, our fan base and stuff like that, you know, it's a great tool for us. But I, I don't really know what's next. It's not that I, you know, it's not like I wake up every day saying, okay, what am I going to put on Twitter? You know, it's, you know, most of the time it's a five-second thought, and a lot of times it's something that one of our other coaches, a GA or a friend or something, sends. And so there's, it's kind of like they have a competition, you know, with people that I know, like, hey, who, who can get the most things from to put out there that, they, that were their ideas? Lane, what, we saw Scott Frost say UCF should have been. They were undefeated, of course, not in the playoff, finished number six. What's your take on – whether or not they should have been in the playoff or something like that. Well, I, that all depends on what what is the playoff. You know, what is what does the committee say? You know, I, I never understand it. I don't follow it like you guys do, but it seems like it changes every year. I mean, we've got a national champion that didn't win their conference, didn't win their division, and they're a national champ. <laughs> and so I don't really understand what you know. What is the criteria? You know, and here you got an undefeated team that your job is to win and they can't get in no matter what they do so you know I, I think it all depends on you know what is that criteria and then then as you look at it you know look at the one you know they rank them one through four which really doesn't mean anything because you, you just want to get in but according to them that's the one through four teams well if I'm not mistaken they were exactly that opposite it ended up going <laughs> four three two one in the end so what does that say yeah uh Lane Kiffin joining us Fox Sports Radio by the way speaking of that win uh, I had an interesting conversation with a friend with regard to the reactions of both uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua Tungovailoa after the game, even in the days following. These two guys went through a really unique situation and were incredibly classy. Now, Nick Saban is not necessarily warm and fuzzy. You, we, we know that. You know that. Um, and the conversation we were having, like someone saw the way those two kids reacted uh, and he was like, man, that's a great uh, reflection on Nick Saban. He clearly uh, taught them well. And I thought, I, I want to give the credit to the kids, not to Nick. So you probably, I mean, I know you know those those kids. So uh, who do you give the credit for the way those guys acted that night? Well, this is nothing against Coach Saban. I don't care who the head coach is. You don't teach that. I mean, Tua has been there for less than a year. Jalen has been there for a year and a half. So that wasn't taught to them, you know, how to naturally care for, you know, your teammate like that. That, that is two unique kids, um, unbelievable kids, 
I, and and really no one talks about this probably, that's parenting 101. You know, look at their, you know, if you knew their dads and their moms and their families, it's off the charts, family-oriented, unbelievable families. And, um, you know, the, the, the parents did a great job raising the kids. That's where that comes from. Lane, I want to get back to the to playoff and the rankings. What do you think would be the right system for college football? Because I, I do tend to agree with you that I think what we have right now is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you got to – I mean, you know, the problem is obviously school, you know, and how long can the playoffs be and stuff. But if you really wanted it to be right, you got to add more teams. I mean, you, you can't, you know, put – I don't care who they are. You know, you can't put whatever it is, 12 people in a room, whatever, and they figure out who the top teams are, you know, of only four. You know, it's – you know, that would be – it's the equivalent of basketball saying, all right, <clears throat> we're only going to let in, – in college basketball, we're only going to – we're going to have the four number one seeds. They're the only ones who win the championship. Well, how often does a number one seed not win? Well, those are the four top teams. So you would really, if you really wanted to truly find the best team, you'd have to expand it. Uh, Lane Kiffin joining us. Lane, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, ago about, I mean, not just your school, a lot of the group of five schools, the Boise States of the world and Central Florida and what they did this year. You joked earlier this year about your guys wanting Alabama, and then you were kind of like, they don't realize what would happen if we played them. Well, let me ask you, what, what would happen? What, like, how close is the top of the group of five to the supposed best teams in the country? I kind of, Mark, I, I kind of, you know, as you know, sometimes I say some things that aren't really thought out. <laughs> you know, I kind of, <laughs> I, I don't really sit down and make a lot of notes for my interviews like the other guys do. <laughs> um, so I, I actually wish I wouldn't have said that, you know. Um, that's really not fair to, our, fair to our players. I was really saying that based out, you know, the fans are saying we want Bam, and I was just thinking about the size difference, you know, of our kids and their kids. And um, But, you know, that really probably wasn't a, f- a fair statement to make, you know, because you don't know. You know, you never know in these games. You know, look at UCF and Auburn. And, and a lot of it's got to do with, you know, when, with what mindset our team's in. You guys know that. It's not just talent. You know, what is the mindset of a team, you know, um, I don't think there's any secret Auburn wasn't, you know, playing in that game like it was a national championship. Yeah, so, I mean, th- th- that happens in bowl games, right? I mean, that, that I'm sure was a thought amongst a lot of fans asking themselves, how much did Auburn care uh, uh, about that game? What do you think? I, it, that happens all the time. I mean, Mark, think back to, you know, our disaster Sun Bowl, you know, at USC, you know, um, and I take the blame. I'm the head coach. You know, you got to find a better way to motivate the kids, but, you know, Obviously, we were more talented than they were, you know, on paper. And, you know, there's 30-mile-per-hour win that day. And, you know, it's the Sun Bowl, which isn't exactly what, you know, kids sign up at USC to go to. And, you know, look how we played that day. So that's my fault as the head coach. Um, but that's an example of, you know, of a mindset of a team, you know, and the magnitude of a game. And some of those bigger programs, when they get, you know, they play a lesser team or they're not in a bowl that they kind of dreamed of, that happens. Lane, there was a lot of talk after you guys finished your season that you would be, you know, a lot of people thought you'd get one of these, you know, bigger jobs that was open. Were you surprised and or disappointed that that, that didn't happen or you weren't really in the mix with a lot of those? Not at all. You know, we, we had some conversations. But, but, you know, you get to different stages in your life, as you guys know, you know, where um, you got different – you think differently, you know, and so – 
10 years ago or something, you know, when we kind of, Sark and I have talked about this before, you can, you kind of grow up fast like that and get that success. You know, how, how much money can you make? How big of a job can you get? You know, things that you go through at a young age and you start thinking different sometimes, you know, where are you at? You know, who's your president? You know, what, what, what is their vision of, of where you're at? You know, what is your returning team? All those things. So, and, um, you know, and we live in Boca. You know, it's seven, I think it's, uh, let me look at my car. It's, uh, <laughs> set, set 72 degrees right now at uh, whatever, 5, 5.30 at night. So you're okay. That's what, you, <laughs> that's what you're saying, basically. Um, Lane, what, what about this? Um, if they came to you, and, and not just you, like all college football coaches, and uh, within the next handful of years, if it was like uh, all the Power Five conference champions go directly the group of five champion goes directly, and then a couple of at-larges. You think that's a better system? That probably is. You know, um, again, well, you know, it's just all – there's a bunch of different ideas and things to do. But, you know, where is the value – you know, <clears throat> I'm not saying which way is right or wrong. Is there is there a value in winning your conference? You know, that used to be what your value was. That's how you got the bowls. You know, you won the Big Ten, you won the – the Pac-10, you know, at the time, whatever, a long time ago, and they went to the Rose Bowl, as you guys know. So, you know, that, that's gone out the window. I mean, again, we have a national champion that didn't win their conference and didn't win their division. Um, great stuff, Lane. Appreciate it so much. Yeah, by the way, um, you know, going back to that social media conversation we were having a little bit ago, what's your take on others in 2017 and now 2018 who, who have kind of taken that same philosophy, whether it be a LeVar Ball, whether it be – and I'm not, you know, comparing him to you by any stretch, but those hey, who – Thanks a lot. Yeah. Hey, I, really, I really appreciate that. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like those who you, – you said it's your business model at Florida Atlantic. I'm sure LeVar Ball thinks the same thing about him. Somehow our president does as well. Like what, what, what's your thought on that in general of taking that business model to, to Twitter or somewhere else? Whatever people want to do, you know, you know, um, the whole thing about, you know, judgment of everyone judging you and, you know, reading all the articles and what people say and, you know, the stuff that I did when I was young and things like that, like, you start to realize who cares, you know, um, life's too short. And, um, you know, I put a story out on Twitter of a young girl that was 26, 27 and passed away and read, read what she wrote and that'll kind of make you rethink a lot of things. Yeah, I actually did see that. I think that's well said. Hey, Lane, thanks so much and uh, good luck with the dinner tonight, man. All right, man. I'm getting on, I'm getting on a boat right now to go over there. So, uh, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Lane. All right, guys. Have yeah. a good one. See ya. All right, there Peace. he goes. Lane Kiffin, the head coach at FAU and one of the stars of social media in America in 2018. Yes, pretty, he is. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. Uh, is Eric, he the LeVar Ball of head coaching? You won't say Stay that. in your lane. I, <laughs> I, yeah, stay in your lane. You, you will not stay admit that, lane. even if you thought no, it. No, I, don't, I, don't, I won't admit it, and no, I don't think it. <laughs> no, um, he's not. No, the, uh, the LeVar Ball of the media, Eric Pincus. No, just kidding. Uh, Eric Pincus, all <laughs> over the Lakers. Uh, Bleacher Report, he's going to join us in 60 seconds. Let's get Ralph Irvin in here with an update on the game, and there's definitely a big one to pass along. There is definitely a big one to pass along because it sounds a little something like... They go with an eye. Foles under center. Foles gives it off. Blunt going outside. He's in. Touchdown! That's Merrill Reese on 
Sports Radio 94 WIP in the Eagles Radio Network. LeGarrette Blunt with his ninth career touchdown run. That's more than anybody in the NFL in the last five years. Extra point missed, though. 6-3, Philadelphia leads Atlanta in the second quarter. Of course, coming up later, Tennessee will be playing at New England on the NBA hardwood. The Clippers with a 178 lead over the Sacramento Kings, 740 to play in the fourth quarter. One other game going on as Oklahoma City has a 25-18 lead at Charlotte, 245 to play in the first quarter. One final in the Lakers, 107-101. They beat Dallas for their fourth straight win. That one was in overtime. And on the top 25 scoreboard, Couple of upsets. Michigan took out number four Michigan State, 82-72. Number eight Texas Tech, a small upset over number two West Virginia, 72-71. All right, great stuff, Ralph. Thank you so much. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800 947 auto Only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Falcons at midfield and now trailing 6-3. to three. The wind is uh, really playing havoc. Anytime they try to throw the ball downfield, they've got a third and long coming up. Uh, here comes Eric Pincus covering the Lakers for Bleacher Report. Eric, you got a tough act to follow, okay? Lane Kiffin just came on, was, uh, was really good. So we're going to need your A game, okay? All right, nothing but the A game. All right, all right, perfect. So what do the Lakers do now with uh, LeVar Ball? Oh, with LeVar, they're just going to do what they're doing, is ignore him. I mean, that's really all that they can do. Hope he doesn't say something. They've spoken to him. Uh, Jeannie tweeted out a picture with Rob Palenka and Luke Walton. They support him. Uh, Magic tweeted out in favor of Luke Walton. They're not going to have a big – they're not going to talk to us media types. They're not going to release any sort of official statements. They're just going to try to ignore it and put out positivity, and that's probably the best thing that they can do. What was your thought on the speculation yesterday about – Luke being in trouble, and David Fisdale. I mean, a name was put on it uh, as who could end up succeeding him. I, I think it was speculation more than anything else. And because you, you've done this, Mark, you guys have done this a long time. I talk to people with teams all across the NBA, and they, they love, they're fans of the game, and they speculate. And it's really easy to say that the Lakers will kowtow to anything that LeBron might want, right? We've got KCP with Rich Paul. There was a rumor linking them to Nerlens Noel with Rich Paul. That's LeBron's agent. Well, LeBron loves David Fisdale. When David Fisdale got let go of Memphis, LeBron came out and said basically that was crazy. So, yeah, it's easy to speculate that. I personally haven't heard anything to suggest that Luke is in trouble. Obviously, when a team loses nine straight, uh, you start looking at the coach. But, I mean, this, look, the schedule was brutal in December. I, when September, when I looked at the schedule and I did a preview, I said, man, they're going to get destroyed in December. And then they lost Lonzo. They lost a bunch of players with injury, et cetera, and they got blasted. So, now they're turning it around. I don't think there's anything to it, but I do know the Lakers would love to get LeBron James, and there's certainly something if if Luke, for whatever reason, if they, if, if they make a change, Fisdale is certainly a guy that they can consider because there is that tie to LeBron, and if, and if that's a reason why LeBron comes, then I'm sure, then sure, but I don't think they, they cut Luke Walton because of that. It would have to be because the team isn't improving, that they're struggling, that they're just terrible, the kids aren't learning, and I don't think that's what we've seen this season, even with that nine-game losing streak. Yeah, Eric Pincus, Bleacher Report. I think we get what you're saying. I mean, it, it, there's no smoke around uh, uh, Luke Walton right now, but truth be told, behind the scenes, if LeBron James did want somebody to make a move, let's be honest, they would, right? To a degree. I mean, I – 
they, I don't really think they would fire the coach, and I don't think that LeBron James would say. I don't, I don't think he would say fire Luke Walton. Now, some would say that's what he did with David Blatt in Cleveland. So, look, it, there's some pressure. LeBron has a huge personality. He's still arguably the best player in this game. We could debate it, but he's certainly in the argument for best player in the league. And the Lakers would love to have him, right? This is, they're not, I mean, they can't admit it outright, but come on. I don't know if it's going to happen. Who knows? That's not the point. But if he said, I'll come, they're going to do almost anything. But I don't really think they'd go out of his, I don't think they're going to fire Luke because of that. Unless the, unless the team, like I said, unless the rest of the season, these young players don't develop. And there's a real reason to fire Luke, not just to get LeBron. You're not going to fire Luke just to get LeBron. Well, Eric, you know, for them to have room to even get LeBron and a Paul George, they have to make some deals now, or or at least in the summer. And names are out there: Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., Julius Randle. What do you see happening with the Lakers as we come up on the trade deadline? Well, I, I put something together that really breaks it down on Bleacher Report, and, and the basic idea of it is that if you can get, let's say, the Pelicans or uh, the Thunder completely fall off the map in the next three, four weeks, right? I, I don't think that's going to happen. The Pelicans are just barely hanging on to 500, right? If they could go and get a DeMarcus Cousins now or a Paul George now, now you've got an all-star on your team, and then you hit free agency, and they can make some other moves. They need to clear up some space, be it getting rid of uh, Jordan Clarkson, probably letting Julius Randle go in free agency. So if you're going to cut those guys down the road or trade Clarkson later, if you have an opportunity now, you consider it if you're the Lakers, but the challenge is, is let's say you're trading Randall. He's expiring and yeah, they could let him walk. It'd be a shame to let him walk for nothing. And if you could get something viable back, but that's the real challenge. Is there something viable out there? Because whatever they get, that player can't make money next year. If they are truly invested in this plan of getting two max stars. So like, unless you can get them one of them now, like a cousins or George, and neither of those guys are available today. And it would have to take a real dive for them to be available at all in the next three or four weeks. So that's kind of where the Lakers are. There are options for them. Nikola Miritich is on, on the block in Chicago. I mentioned Nerlens Noel. He's available out of Dallas. But Julius Randle just had a big game today. There, there are moves they can make. I don't think there's anything that's going to wow any listener and they're going to say, oh, yeah, the Lakers have to do that. I, and to just finish that up, there's no one who's going to take Lil Bang and trade. It, it, the closest that they would ever get would be something like uh, Ostrich and Agenza. People are going to say, who's that? <laughs> Guys in New Orleans who don't play, who have bad yeah, multi-year contracts. Yeah. Like It's, it's going to be a out. bad in for bad out. It would trim it down the obligation a bit, but it wouldn't solve the problem. So you're saying if Paul George was available, the Lakers wouldn't take the approach of, hey, he's coming here as a free agent anyway. We don't have to give up anything for him. They would go ahead and jump on that uh, within the next month. Well, here's the thing is, it, what would they be willing to give up? Would they be willing to give up Alonzo Ball, a Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma? Kyle Kuzma, who's, who really has made Randall and, and, and Nance to a degree replaceable. Lakers like both those players, but Kuzma's been so good. Uh, Lakers don't really have any interest in moving first-round picks, maybe a protected one, but the reality is if they wait, they can get this guy, in theory. You know, we, you don't know, but in theory they have a shot, and so – why give up real value? So now you start to say, what would you give up? And it's the pieces that you would have to give up anyway yeah, to get to sense. that two max spot, right? right? So it'd be Clarkson or Randall and maybe KCP instead of, you know, you can make an argument, but again, if, if, if they're kissing up to the whole LeBron train and I don't think you trade his, his client, right? Same client, Rich Paul. So I don't think they trade KCP. Jordan seems to be the guy. 
So, yeah, if that opportunity was there, of course, they'd make that move. I don't know about Cousins, though. That's a little bit tougher. I know George, absolutely. Cousins is a little – I don't know exactly where they stand because some teams still think there's a great upside with Cousins, and some teams wouldn't touch him in a million years. That's just the personality that he has. Now, LeBron does like to have some control in an organization. I, I think I'm just <laughs> saying Thanks. that, being generous. Fair enough. How much would the <laughs> Lakers – you know, how much you think they'd be willing to concede, you know, if if it meant getting LeBron James? Well, I mean, how much control did Kobe really have? And they dealt with – I mean, Kobe had as big a personality as anybody in this league, uh, LeBron included. I mean, they, these guys are the superstars of superstars. They'll make more off the court than they will on the court with all of the deals that they have going on with shoes and TV or whatever it is, movies. Kobe's about to win an Oscar watch and it went for his short film. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to happen, right? And so uh, the Lakers are experienced, and Doc Buss, which obviously he's passed on, but the, the legacy is to get the best players in the game and to deal with what comes with that, which is that they're going to have strong personalities. They're going to have uh, a lot to say. They're going to want to influence. And Rob Polenka, who's been Kobe's agent, has that experience. Uh, he's now GM of the Lakers. He has experience dealing with a client who's very demanding, and the world revolves around Kobe, and, and to a degree he's earned that. Uh, and I think LeBron has as well. So I, I think the Lakers are, are fine to work around it and to deal with it. Uh, obviously, you're not going to – he's not GM. And, I, and Cleveland will say that LeBron's not GM, but he has a strong influence. And I think he would have certainly an influence. I don't know how strong – but he would come in, and, and even though he's older and, and you know, it's, they've got a lot of young kids, they're going to have to make sure that they have a team that can try to win right now. And that's a tough – if he were to come to the West, come to Lakers, he, he's got to get past the Warriors even earlier. He's not getting to the NBA Finals if he doesn't get past the Warriors. So that's a tough, tough ask. Eric, uh, we made a tough ask. We asked for your A game, and we got it. But thanks so much. Really appreciate you coming on. Anytime, guys. Great thanks stuff, Eric. Yep, thanks, there man. it is. Yeah, Eric Pink is – Lakers writer for the Bleacher Report, NBA capologist, all of that. Basketball insiders, uh, Eric Pink is great stuff from him. All right, we're going to update the game that's got some good stuff going on. And also, coming up next, uh, back to the ball issue as Magic Johnson has just tweeted out something that is sort of peripherally related to this whole thing. Plus, we haven't talked yet about what the other Ball brothers did in their most recent performance. Uh, That's ahead on Fox Sports Radio. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. All right. With Broussard Willard, Fox Sports Radio, 877-99 on Fox. Falcons back ahead 10-6. to 6. Don't see a lot of Matt Ryan plays like that one. No. Uh, a little scapability within the pocket. Very little, but it got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> got the job done. This I look, I liked Atlanta coming into this game. As did I. I didn't think it'd be a blowout, but right now they're I mean, they're this is obviously uh they're in some danger. I think if this if they lose this game, they're gonna I mean, you you're gonna be kicking yourself uh for a long time because they clearly should win this game. Yeah, they're I mean they've they've got a couple of is it two turnovers or three already? Uh I think they got a couple of turnovers. Uh they've moved the ball pretty well, but they've given up some big runs, this, that, the other. It's windy out there. They're an indoor, you know, type of a team, but you know, they got the lead. They got the lead. They're closing in on halftime, 10-6. 
Uh, Falcons lead the Eagles. Coming up at the top of the hour. Now, you're one of the all-star voters. Is yes. this correct? Yes. For the, me- the media, there are certain media that vote for the all-star starters, which accounts for like 25%. Okay. 50% fan vote, 25% media, and 25% players, oh, which players. was a joke last year. Yes, it was. The well, player, I, hope, they, I hope the players take it seriously this year. I mean, there were guys that didn't vote for LeBron, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't remember. We, we got to look it up, but – I mean, it was something like well over 100 players got votes for, as starters, which you know is ridiculous. That's Guys yeah. voting for teammates, guys. I mean, just <laughs> ludicrous. And don't complain about the fan or the media vote if you're not going to take it seriously. By the way, that shocked me because of this point. One thing I've always known about players, any sport, they do not want to mess around with other dudes' money. Right. Hey, this is why Larry Fitzgerald right. goes up to defensive backs and says, hit me high, don't hit me low. Hitting me low can mess with my money. And players respect that. Yep. Aren't there bonuses for making the all-star team? Well, some players may have stuff like so that. So that's crazy yeah, that contract. they don't take it seriously because you're messing with people's money. And beyond that, you're messing with legacy too. Yep. You know, usually guys I, – I was a bit surprised. I really thought guys would take it seriously. How do you like the new format of the two leading vote-getters, one in each conference, pick players that they're going to play with from the other t- 22 players rather than just their conference? It's fine. I, I don't really I mean, like it. It's, 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 it gives it a sh- – Like, I don't love it, but it's fine. I don't get too hot and bothered about all-star games, but by the same token, it feels – gimmicky like yeah. many all-star games are searching for gimmicks to make them more viable and whenever they do that it it rarely works it just makes it feel gimmicky yeah it feels a little cheesy to me yeah i would rather see them just stick with the east and the west i know yeah. the west is you know so much more impressive look the problem with the game was not the east versus the west or the even the west having the better players the problem with the game is that players are shooting too many threes. They're shooting like 120 to 133 pointers combined now. So they're playing around, they're cherry picking, yeah, I mean, they're going to the hole and dunking. Sure. That's when that's when it look. Yeah, but shooting a mid-range jumper in an All-Star game is embarrassing. It's embarrassing? embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It wasn't embarrassing up until 2013. I know, but now it is. It Why? just it just is. I mean, I I just it's not felt what like nobody's there to see. They're certainly not there to see you jack up 133 pointers. They're, they're out. They're more so because I thought the the All Star game, to me, my opinion, was was good up until four four years ago or something like that. And I noticed it was the first one I think that Westbrook won the MVP. I think it was in in New York. And I remember when they were like debate, oh, who's going to be the MVP? I was sitting there thinking, how can you even pick? I know Westbrook had all the points, but they just taking a bunch of wide open. Three pointers. Nobody's even trying to defend, and and if they do get up on the three, they just let you go by them for an easy dunk in the lane. It didn't used to be like that, even up to four or five years ago. That's true, and that's, true. that's why. Remember when the rookie sophomore game? I can't remember the year, but the league actually some executives were coming out and people were embarrassed because they said it was a joke. I think one of the, the league. I don't want to. I don't want to say it was David Stern if it wasn't. But I remember somebody in authority coming out and saying, look, the players got to start taking this seriously, the rookies and sophomores. Sure. Because it was all dunks and threes. And now the real game is like that. 
and it's it's I, it's terrible to me now. Guys don't want to get hurt, but they they they, didn't, they felt that way five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago know, too, and they I still know. competed. Yeah, they did. Um, but we've seen it, maybe not in the NBA, or we've seen it in other sports, famously well, in the football, baseball all-star games. Is, yeah, is football. I mean, is. I just think that that's that's the you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, once football does it and baseball does it, you know, basketball is going to do it. Um, I think you just got to roll with it, though, because the more you try to change it, it ends up simply feeling uh, gimmicky, which is what it is. So don't advertise that it's gimmicky. Like, there's enough of that yeah. organically already there. Okay, the Ball brothers in Lithuania had their second game, got a lot less fanfare uh, and a lot fewer points. Uh, but wait until you hear what Chris has to say about that experience for those two guys. Plus, uh, we'll come up with all our all-star starters. I want to match mine up against yours. All right. See if I missed Sounds any good. or if you did. All right, who is number 50 on the Eagles? Gavin, could you look that up for me? Who is number 50 on the Eagles? He is ruining everything, Uh, (laughs) at least for the Eagles he is. Uh, This is the same guy that had the ball bounce off of him on a punt return for the Eagles that led to a Falcon fumble recovery and a a touchdown. Brahman is his last name? That would be Brian Brahman, the defensive end out of West Texas A&M. How did you not know that? Uh, Yeah, just a a total brain fart on my part. Um, And now he's going to get nailed with a Mm. roughing the Mm. kicker penalty. Wow, he put a helmet right into the leg of the punter for the Falcons. Um, And now they're reviewing it to see if he got a piece of the ball. Uh, But this is a couple of high-profile plays for him on special teams. Normally, that's not a good thing. It's kind of like no. if you're an offensive lineman. If your name keeps getting called, <laughs> that's bad news. Let me now. You are not rooting for Philadelphia. No, I'm. I'm just watching. Just for the, football the sake game. of football, yeah. though, don't you think it's better if Atlanta advances? Um, just as a yes. better team, I you think know, that each, more exciting story. Well, Philly would be an exciting story because they do it without Wentz, but they're just not. I don't think they're very dangerous without Wentz. Look, we we love quarterback play and so each of the four games this weekend features a future hall of fame quarterback against a guy yes (laughs) each each of the four games and so that's right i'm kind of rooting for the four hall of fame quarterbacks. yes Yes. i agree with you Um, i am on board with that all right uh mark weather chris broussard uh we'll get to the uh the ball boy um thing over there in lithuania uh, those the, the the two other brothers, did they put up zero in well, the second game? Look, th- this is the story. You know the big baller showcase, which is what they played in the first game. Yeah, that is essentially AAU basketball. I mean, the, all the yes, I saw that. It's I not even because because when the, the the agreement was that when they went over there, they were going to play on a team that played in two leagues. Okay, there's the legitimate Lithuanian league. And then there was this Baltic League that was a little bit lower, lesser. Okay. They dropped out. The team dropped out of the Baltic League. And instead, they created this tour of friendlies, if you will. Uh, and it was going to be called the Big Baller Showcase. Like, on at the game, I don't know if yeah. you saw any of it. They had the BBB logos yeah, yeah, center everywhere. Court. Exactly. Everywhere. In, no. the, in the free throw no. paint, the painted area and see, everything. I, you're, I didn't know any of this until I saw the highlights. Not only did I see Big Baller brand logo everywhere. <laughs> you were wondering what I, the- I, I noticed one other thing, and I'm like, all the players on the other side, on the other team, they're all like – 
18 and under. 16-year-old white guys. Yeah. Well, they're going right. to be they're going to be white guys right. they're Lithuanians. Well, I understand. Yeah, well, the, the balls are over there. Who knows who else <laughs> is over there playing? I don't over know. <laughs> but my point is, I'm like, they, 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 it looked like they were playing a bunch of teenagers. That game. And they were. Yeah, that yeah. game was against 18 and under okay. guys in Lithuania. Now, who are considered among the good best players. 18 and under. But still, you're like. It's like playing a good high school term. So it was literally like AAU. Yes. And today they played in the Lithuanian League. And no, neither one of them scored. But Leangelo only played nine minutes okay. and LaMelo only played five. Oh. Now I have my take on this. What is it? I want should I hear should we hear well, yours first or oh, you want mine? You, the take on their play or the fact that they didn't play much? Just this or? situation, like cause some people I'm sure will say, What are you going over there for to play five minutes a game? Or to play a bunch of teenagers. You would have been better off playing the best American teenagers uh, than Lithuanian. I'm having a, a, a hard time like moving on to that portion of the conversation. I'm already so blown away by the fact that they're even there. I'm so blown it's away. Still, it's been, what, two, three weeks? Yeah. It still hasn't. I, I mean, the idea that, it, that a kid that was just, like, at a Spanish class in high school and LeVar was like, get out of here. We're going to Lithuania. <laughs> I, like, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. So, um, I guess, though, I'm, I'm surprised in an impressed way that the coach and decision makers in Lithuania aren't giving them, you know, aren't giving them run just because of who they are. Like he's I actually, agree. he's actually it, just, it, he's you almost basketball. wonder was there something else going on yes. that they didn't play? I thought that was part of the deal. Look, I think this is just what the doctor ordered. This is the best thing for those two kids, particularly Lamelo, because he's got a real shot at playing in the NBA. I said, look, I, I I would not have done this. I think the best thing would have been he stays in high school. Hmm. Lamelo Leangelo stays at UCLA. But when now that they are over there, I think it's good for them if they're on a team with grown men and learning, getting schooled, if you will, in practice, not playing a lot, have to earn every minute they get, and if they get to a point where they they've learned enough, they've improved enough, and they start getting minutes. I just think this will humble them a bit, could. Hmm. Could humble them a bit and really teach them how to play well, real basketball. Now, yeah. the question is, will LeVar, how long before he's making Correct. noise? Firing coaches, yeah. grabbing his kids off the bench and going home. Yeah. That's my point. You say maybe they'll get humbled. They'll get as humbled. If this was, yeah. yeah they'll, get, they'll get as humbled as, as their dad allows them to. But what we've known of him on the AAU circuit is if it's not going his way, he takes his ball and goes home. Uh, no pun intended. He might take both of his balls and go home this time. <laughs> time his two sons. So, uh, it, it, thank you. If he does that. The other that, one's two. No. Yeah, yes, he'll take all four of them and head home. That's automatic. Uh, I mean, so that remains to be seen. But I will say this, too. For anybody who didn't see the highlights, by the way, long field goal is up and good for the Eagles. That wow. was really nice uh, at the half. Um, so, 10-9 uh, Atlanta. Yeah, Jake Elliott puts one through from deep. He had missed the extra point earlier, which is why Atlanta still leads, but it's 10-9. to Okay, so um, if you missed the highlights of the first game, if you watched the way LaMelo played in that game. He looked good. 
Well, see, no, I didn't take didn't it that so? way at all. Really? I, Other than the 40-foot air ball. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. He doesn't deserve some any nice minutes. passes. Yes, he did. He had some nice passes. He's got talent. We know that. But talent only goes so far. Uh, he didn't, at times, take the game seriously. He's pulling up from beyond Steph Curry range. He's hitting nothing when he does it. The announcers in Lithuania were even making fun of him, saying, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this shot selection. No, 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 no. Yep. So if you're not going to take it seriously in professional ball, I, you don't I, deserve minutes. I don't know that he wasn't taking it seriously as much as that's how he plays. Well, and then, that's my point. Then he needs to be schooled. Exactly. Yes. And that's why maybe, maybe the Lithuanian coach, the real one, mm-hmm. <laughs> saw what you saw and was disgusted as you were and is like, look, it's not. I'm still a basketball coach. I still am trying to win games. And you're not Steph. Exactly. Sorry. You're airballing not, these not 40-footers. Yeah. It's bad enough to take them, but you're airballing right. them. You know? Right. So that could be good. But, look, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all about what LeVar decides to do. But I like this for the kids. If If this were to continue for the next two or three months, I think it would be the greatest thing for them. Um, all right, we'll do the uh, the all-star game thing coming up in a few minutes. But to circle back while we're on the topic of, of you know, Jello, Mello, and LeVar, is there is there a next move with regard to the Lakers, Lonzo? Um, you know, here you have NBA coaches saying that the next move is ESPNs to stop talking to LeVar Ball. Uh, the Lakers at two different points this year have said it's LeVar's next move stop doing interviews and stop saying what you're saying. Um, whose move is it? I think it's Lonzo's move. I think it's Lon- I think Lonzo may be the only guy on earth <laughs> that can get LeVar Ball to calm down. And I think you have to step to your dad, not in arrogance, not with your chest out, not demanding him, not yelling at him and telling him what to do, but step to him and just be like, dad, like, I know we got to sell Big Baller brand, and, and I'm fine with that, but just stop talk, please. Stop talking about the Lakers, the coaches, my teammates, the organization. It makes it tough on me. Going in the locker room, people don't know. I know it. You know that's not my opinion. It's just yours, but everybody else doesn't know that. Mm. They they. They might think that I feel the same way you do. They do, by the way. Yeah. That's 100% a jump that people make, which is why. Which is natural. It is natural, and it's why, by the way, the one thing I disagreed with when Rick Carlisle, well, two things. When Rick Carlisle originally talked about this, there were two things with which I disagreed. One of them was, hey, uh, ESPN's a partner of the NBA. We scratch their back. They need to scratch ours. It's like, oh, oh, hang on a second here, coach. The media's still the media, and they got to tell a story. They're not there to only tell your side of the story. So that's one of it. And the second side of it that I, with which I disagree is this idea that um, the father of an NBA player saying something about the coach is not news. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. You think? If Archie Manning had come out seven years ago and said, by the way, Peyton Manning doesn't like his head coach in, in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, it's a story. Well, that's I'm different. Sorry. That's different. If if Archie Man- now Archie Manning is Archie Manning. Okay. He's a former NFL player, and so he he has credibility that Levar Ball doesn't okay. have. How about Aisha Curry on Twitter? Why did that become a story? That's a legitimate point. That became a story because of the 
the point that she the made. The society we we stay we live in. So she's making a point. But he's making a point. Po- every parent, I mean, you this is you got little a son that plays. Mm-hmm. You know, parents are always critical of coaches, and that's the point that the NBA coaches were making is that. Of course. I mean, I can go to any high school dad, and if his son isn't playing, he's going to be critical of a coach. Is that worthy of being publicized? Well, but his son is playing, and his point wasn't simply that he doesn't like the coach. His point was that he thinks the Lakers don't like the coach. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Like, let's say uh, Kyle Kuzma's dad had said it. Right. Would it? How newsworthy – it would have been newsworthy. It's I mean, newsworthy. for him to come out, if Kyle Kuzma's dad, again, it's different than saying Kyle doesn't like the coach Yep. or Lonzo doesn't like the coach. It, if Kyle Kuzma's dad comes out and says they've quit on the team, uh, they're not trying, he's lost the team, it probably is news. And today, everything is news today. Of course. Everything. I, I'll give you an example. When we used to cover, you know, like newspapers, when I wrote for newspapers, um, when you would like track free agency, you know where the player signed ultimately. Uh, made the visit if there was a visit and what happened in the visit. You know that stuff would be new, you newsy, and you'd write it if you got that information. Now, it is every small detail. Um, every everything that happens is news. Everything, every everything thought, that might happen. Yes, yes, yes. or might it not. Is, it's an oversaturate. Like every as much information as you can get, no matter how small, uh, every little nuance is news now. Whereas years ago, you didn't put everything in the newspaper, and now they try to put everything on online, and so it's a different world. So you make a good point. I was thinking that more so that LeVar had created this platform for himself mm-hmm. where now he's a big enough personality that what he says is newsworthy. Let, me ask, let me ask you this. Let's say tomorrow we get a, a, a report online that uh, the woman they call Dre Mom, right? Draymond Green's mom comes out and says, by the way, Steve Kerr's lost the locker room. You're telling me that's not yeah, ending up on the internet? Point. That's a great oh, point. Oh, hell that's yes, That's a big it is. story. You're right. Hey, of course. It's like, what's his name? Kiko Alonso. Or is that, who's the player for the Dolphins? His wife? Oh, no. Not, uh, not Kiko Alonso. No, um, Grimes. 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 Grimes, Grimes. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of <laughs> Miko, Grimes. not Kiko. That's yes, Kiko yes, and Miko. I got mixed up. Kiko and Miko, Miko would be, that would be a good reality <laughs> show right there. Kiko and Miko. All right. Yeah, but you're right. She's she's out there. There you go. All right. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard coming up next. The All Star Starters. They're not out yet, but we got them, at least we think. That's next Fox Sports Radio. All right, that's Chris Broussard and Mark Willard. Thrilled you're with us. We're watching football right now. Falcons and Eagles starting the second half, and the Falcons lead 10-9 to and have the ball. Keep you up to date. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Chris Mannix, top of the hour. Um, all right, you're an actual all-star voter. I'm somebody who likes the NBA. That's pretty much uh, that's that's how that's laid out. So um, you've already placed these votes. Yes, they were due. They're due tomorrow. Well, okay. Monday at midnight. All right, eleven fifty-nine. So in your mind, the starters in the Eastern Conference are who? My guards, 
I think the East was very obvious. Kyrie Irving and DeMar DeRozan. Okay. What about yours? Uh, I'm going Kyrie Irving and Victor Oladipo. And DeRozan and Oladipo, I sat there and hemmed and hawed for a long time. But I'm going Oladipo. Oladipo's having a great year. Yes. But what DeRozan is doing, I mean, Toronto is right. I think they're just, they're as good as Boston. They're quietly they're right, right there. there. But yeah. they're also kind of quietly always right there the last few years. The True, surprise but... to me is Oladipo and the Pacers. Not yeah. that they're having a great year. What but are they, they, the eighth right now? They're certainly better than anybody would have expected. They were supposed to be, you know, completely tanked after Paul George's departure. Think of that. You so you're saying Oladipo is an all star starter. starter, starter, wow. starter. Edges out DeRozan barely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can't give. I can't go with you on that. Why one. not? Give it. Give no, it. No, no, no. Hold on. on hold one. on. Hold on. <laughs> Statistically, you're looking at pretty much a similar guy. It's just that um, Depot's percentages are a little bit better. DeRozan's leading his team to a better season. Okay. He's got a better team. He's got Kyle Lowry, who's been injured some. Uh, and he's got, you know, a bunch of no names just like Oladipo. Oladipo does. <laughs> but, but their team is better. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. You know? It's close. But it's it's I, close. I, I, I was, I, I, I'm shocked, though. Wow. I, 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 I almost And some went of it might DeRozan. be that DeRozan is more of a veteran, you know, yeah. and he's been there before. I'll, I'll so admit that, that was part of my I, thinking. I'll admit that there's like a surprise factor that I'm giving to Oladipo. Like DeRozan is doing what yeah. I would have expected DeRozan to do. Okay. All right. Bradley so Beal was strong too. Yeah, Beal is in the Beal's mix. Beal's having a, a Beal, nice. Beal was probably fourth on my on my list. Okay. All right. Front court three players. Did you pick LeBron? Yes or no? I picked Giannis. Okay. <laughs> Antetokounmpo. The, by the way, can I say this really quick? This is an obvious three. This is. If you don't get these three right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I can't help you. So let me hear them. Obviously, sure. LeBron. Yes. Giannis. And Joel Embiid. Oh, no. You didn't pick Embiid? What? Who'd you pick? Porzingis. Uh, Embiid is better. What? Embiid is better. That's I, I, I'm shocked you think Porzingis. Porzingis was obvious. I think I love Porzingis. I, I love and now, I love if you if I you, love Embiid. If but, you want to say I assume you're saying it because Embiid has missed more games. Um yeah, that factored into it. They have almost the exact same record. They're both sitting there middling. Um, and I probably, even though the Sixers are so young, with what's in the Eastern Conference, I expected them to clearly be a playoff team. Really? Yeah. I think if I think the they, Knicks are right, the Knicks are a little bit better than I would have thought. The Sixers are a little worse than I Knicks thought. Knicks are a little better, but the Sixers part of their struggles have been because Embiid has been out. Right. He's missed nine games. The only nine. I don't. So I, it's not yeah, a I don't, ton. I don't crush guys for missing games. You'll see that in the West. I don't crush guys for missing games. That's just a little hint. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, again, Oladipo and Porzingis, for me, it, it is, I'll admit that there's some expectation involved wow. in here, and both of their teams are elevated from what we would have thought they were going to be. You know what uh, Adam oh. Silver's saying right now? <laughs> I'm glad Willard's not a voter. <laughs> Golly. Why? <laughs> What's wrong with Krista? No, I yeah. love look, I Come love on. Porzingis. They should play this the whole first quarter of the game. I love Porzingis and he I don't know what the actual tally is right now where the rankings yeah. are. Um I think Embiid might be ahead of him, but I'm shocked that you picked him over Embiid. I did. I did. 
Wow. Okay. All right. Because MB is giving thought, you 11 rebounds a game. Yes. And Porzingis is only around six, I believe. Okay. But, you and know. And he's 7'3". Yeah, but I'm not mean. But he's nice. He's a nice player. I got, I got you know, I, I all love for all Christophs. Right. Points so is we, about the same. We flip-flopped Porzingis and MB. But you thought it was obvious. And Kristaps only shooting 43%. I just, I just thought. Which isn't great for a 7 yeah, foot 3 man. guy. Yeah, I well, hold on, hold on. Now, you don't, no, now hold, you're poo pooing it. No. All right, I'm going to have to call you out. I'm not, no, no, I'm not poo pooing it. Because one of your arguments Wait a minute. Were against Russell Westbrook. No, no, no. You, for MVP but you just, was his shooting percentage. But you just typecast Kristaps Porzingis. You said percentage for a 7 3 guy, but he doesn't play like a 7 3 guy. He's still seven three. I don't care. Ben 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 Simmons is shooting over fifty percent. Good for him. Even okay. Even if you don't play like Chris a seven Stapps, foot three guy, forty three percent is not good. Chris Stapps is shooting from the outside. That's not what seven three guys do, except minute ball. He does go inside <laughs> too, though. I know he does. And regardless, forty three percent isn't very good. Like, as you told I, me I like, last year, I like my guy. As you told me last year with Russell Westbrook, that's correct. That's correct. But but so what changed? What do you mean? What changed? We're not. I, what changed? About, that's what I mean. The, the what difference changed? in the conversation is one of them. We're talking about the MVP. Simply here, we're talking about the All Star and, and a triple double yes. as well. Oh, those triple doubles. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, is, when LeBron gets woo. one, though, you you go Google oh, and Gaga. Yeah, well, well, LeBron's triple doubles matter more. Yeah, they're they're, they're in big games. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to the you West. You got two wrong in okay, the East. Yeah, so um, did you. <laughs> guards right. in the West. Oh boy. You know what? Do the forwards first, because the guards is where we're going to argue. Okay. Oh, do the wow. forwards you first. Think? I don't know. Yep, I do. Do you know mine? No, I okay. don't. I don't, but let's do the forwards Forwards, first. Kevin Durant, the uh, most obvious. Ding. These two are not as obvious. No, I to, struggled with this. Yeah, it's. I had Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, I, I consider him. Who is lead. Well, Jimmy Butler's been their best player, but Towns has been phenomenal. 21 and 11 mm-hmm. uh, for a team that's really having a great season. And Anthony Davis. And I was torn between Davis and Cousins because they're both on the same team. Okay. They're, both of their numbers are phenomenal. Yep. Davis is the better defender, and that's why I went with him. Okay, so I went with Anthony Davis as well. You went with Carl Anthony Towns? Yes. Okay, I did not go with Towns or Boogie, and I thought bo- both of them, there were these three guys for the last spot. But Let, I, me, let me preface this, what go, you're about to say. Is he wrong. is from San Francisco. No, you're not. No, Just you're, to preface it, when you hear Draymond Green, uh, uh, nope. he's from San Francisco. Nope. Not Draymond. Yeah. Okay, nope. hold on. Let me get. So you you your starters are Durant and Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis and the uh, and the third. And it's big, not Draymond, and, not Lamarcus Aldridge. Yep. I, I, I I'm yep. not gonna kill you for that. Yep. Do you notice a trend here? Guys that are doing more than what we expected them to yeah. do. Yeah. I guess, and and I don't but even do know if that's really right. Think you don't think Aldridge is better than Towns. No. Okay. No, so, for drafting so a team. <laughs> because it's not just so about who's better. It's about who earned it. Hey, Towns didn't earn it? Sure, but Aldridge did better. No, he didn't. Aldridge's not best over teammate has missed most of the season. And their record is better. Take Aldridge off and they're still probably. <laughs> I mean, well, Popovich is incredible. I know. You can and get I five did guys look at Spurs that. I did look yeah, at some of that. that's where I was coming. I did okay. look at some of that. All right, get uh, Ralph Urban in here. And then we're going to do. The guards, because I have a feeling that this is going to be a screaming match. <laughs> so you, you're, you're, you're doing all right. Just, just three wrongs so far. <laughs>
<laughs> Ralph, Ralph, what do you got? Well, the NFL playoffs continuing there in Philadelphia. They've started the third quarter. 11-08 to play in the third, and Atlanta continues to lead Philadelphia 10-9. The uh, additional Philly points, as you guys mentioned a little bit ago, Jake Elliott hitting a 53-yard field goal to make it 10-9 before the half. Coming up at 8-15 Eastern time, Tennessee will be playing at New England on the NBA hardwood. They are in the second half right now. Oklahoma City trailing at Charlotte. The Hornets leading at 66-64, 6.57 to play in the third quarter earlier. Wins for the Clippers and Lakers. For the Lakers, it was their fourth straight win at Dallas. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Tim Brown from Yahoo reporting that Pittsburgh starting pitcher Garrett Cole has been traded. He will now join the world champion Houston Astros. Whoa. So their pitching staff mm. gets even deeper. Wow. And a couple of NFL notes. Seattle is going to have a new offensive coordinator. That will be Brian Schottenheimer. They're getting that deal done right now. And Tom Cable returns to Oakland. The former Raiders head coach returns as their offensive line coach. All right. Good stuff. And uh, while you're on the NFL, uh, we're going to get to Ruben Foster here in a couple of minutes. I think both of us have a few things to say there. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Glad that you're with us. Chris Mannix coming up Top of the hour, we're live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Still a 10-9 lead for the Falcons over the Eagles. We're counting down to Patriots and Titans later on tonight as well. All right, but let's wrap that up. Western Conference guards. We got two names. Who you got? I think you think I'm going to vote for somebody. I'm not. But I went with Steph Curry. And James Harden. Same as you? Yeah, so much for that argument. <laughs> you thought how I was going to pick Westbrook? How the hell are we going to do this for a year and a half, and now suddenly you're not going to pick Russell Westbrook? I, I thought for I, I sure you were going to pick Russell Westbrook. I think those two are having a better year. I mean, Curry's obviously. Curry's 14 games. OKC is, yeah, he, that's, and I thought about that. That's I thought why about I, Westbrook, but he has been, he was so good. And, no, and there's only five games when he came back. And he's just been so good. He's their yeah. leading scorer. He's Steph Curry. 28 points a game. Yeah. By the way. His efficiency rating is almost 30. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I, I must say this. And you know, I did have no problem with Kevin Durant going to Golden mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> I feel like we are being robbed of – Steph moments. Okay. I know what you mean. You know, like when those five games he was outstanding, 35 points a game, 57% shooting. Durant missed, if not all of them, most of them. I think he missed all of them. Hmm. We can look it up easily. But that we were seeing that on a nightly basis two years ago before Durant went there. And I missed that. Now, let me paint the picture. <laughs> Remember, people were talking about Steph as like maybe a, he would be a top 10 player of all time. Sure. Projecting out that type of play over five, six, seven years, we more years, people were saying that. Tim Legler, who I have great respect for his basketball knowledge, he said 
he thinks he could be top three. Mm. Now, I think that was too far. But still, Allen Iverson was, like, just astonished. He was like, people thought I was an animal. I mean, it's a paraphrase, but he was like, this dude is incredible. Oh, he does. Yes. He's he's tiny and does a lot of things that have never been done before. Did. <laughs> still does I mean, I, not still nearly, him. though, as well. Uh, he is okay. still a perennial all star, a Hall of Famer, a all time great. But we aren't we are not getting to see the nightly light show. Do you feel that the, we used to see? That's feel, what, that's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not mad at her. I'm just saying. I know. Oh, man. Okay. Do you feel the same way about Kevin and Clay? No. Why? Kevin and Clay meaning what? That if like, Jeff wasn't there, they would be yeah. Like doing if more? all of these guys were split up, they could all be ones on their own team. I, I, look, I love Clay. I, I think he'll be an All Star and should be an All Star, and I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Was he? Would he be? How good would a team be with Clay Thompson as the number one? I've questioned. Not a, not a, yeah. not a championship team. Well, but, definitely not a championship team. But does he have the ability think. to be someone's leading scorer? Yeah. Well, Harrison Barnes did too, and okay, that was a terrible right, team right. in Dallas. But so I, I don't, I definitely don't think that about Clay, and I don't think anybody does. As good as he is, I like Worthy, James Worthy. All time great, but I don't think anybody was sitting there thinking, "Man, if he had it, what would he do?" By no, he know? was actually the the rep on him is that it, it was actually better. You got more James moments because of the way Magic set him up. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty dunks and all that. But but you know, so Clay, no, I don't think we're being robbed. I mean, we saw Clay without Durant, and he was Clay. He was the same Clay as he is now. Uh, Durant, no. Because what I part of it is the dy, dynamism. Is that a word? <laughs> I'm uh, making up a word. Dynamism. There Look, you go. Rack that. That's a word. Dynamic now. nature. The dynamic nature of of what Steph was doing. Okay. That actually and is a word. Th- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> dynamism. So now we've got, I'm, I'm gonna be using that all the time. This is what, now. This is what it shows: the quality of being characterized by vigorous activity and progress. I think okay, it's not Steph, what I meant. Steph did. I, I, I misused no, it. No, there is vigorous activity when Steph is playing. <laughs> I, I, I think that makes sense. He, it was just we had never seen anything like it. Right now, Durant obviously scored a little more in Oklahoma City. And he, we hadn't, we haven't seen anything like him either. Seven footer playing the way he plays, but it's not as exciting. Not that it's it's exciting, but it's not as exciting. Like Durant, when Ste- we got to see it when Steph was out, hmm. Durant led them to a nine and two record. Yes, looked good doing it too. Scored more, twenty nine points a game, dished more, showed some playmaking skills. Guess what? The Warriors weren't as fun to watch. Didn't play the same way. Play a lot like a lot of other teams uh-huh. when Steph's out. Yeah. A lot of ISO, a lot of Durant creating a lot of stuff. Uh, just not as exciting as a little 6'3 dude lighting it up from 30 feet on occasion, going to the hole, showing off his handle. I mean, it was just – it was one of the most exciting things we've seen in basketball. And so I'm not – you know, Duran is yeah. He put up better numbers without Steph. Clay may put up better numbers on a different team, but the the excitement, the Steph was just it was phenomenal. I, and I, here's the thing: one yeah. more thing, one more thing. Without Steph, 
Yeah, the Warriors were winning, but those games were close. They won by an average of about five yeah. or six points a game. I, when Steph is there without Durant, it went by about 15 points a game. I wonder if what you're tapping into is that it is simply not the same Steph when Kevin's there, or are you tapping into an overall feeling, which I hear from a lot of people, which is that uh, when all those guys are there, it just locks any drama of whether or not they're going to win. I mean, you, you, the, the whole season, even we sit here right now and watch the Cavaliers on a, a, a healthy little valley that they're in right now. This One that last you week are taking so, seriously. I am taking it seriously. I've taken the whole year seriously. Um, you know, oh, it's only January. Right. It's January. It's not November. It's Groundhog Day. It's That's January. It we see it every year. Okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. We always see it every year until one year suddenly the at some are point, real. Yeah, at some point, at it, some will, point it, may be, it may be real. But, but. I, I wonder if that's what you're tapping into. Like, there's just not that – there's not that heartbeat of what's going to happen. Like, when it, – it, It's it, not what I mean. It feels unfair to a lot of people when you but watch the Warriors play at full strength. But without Durant, they won 73 games. I know, but that was that's a bunch of years ago now. Two. Yes. Two, that's, that's a, a bunch of years sports. ago. That's a long time in sports. No, but here's the one caveat I will throw into this. Well, let me let me get to your point. I don't. I was not. I did not mean what you said. The there's no drama. There's no question as to whether or not they're going to win. I mean, Steph, as great as he still is, and nobody doubts his greatness now. And as as much as he'll go down as an all time great, let's face it. If Durant stays there the rest of his career and the rest of Steph's career, nobody will be talking about Steph as a top five player of all time. And and I would doubt unless they win, and which is possible, you know, they win six rings or something yeah, like that. I wonder. Yeah, I don't think they'll He's, be talking about top. We'll see how many rings. Yeah, you got to remember, even if Durant is the leading scorer and the supposed one. Uh, at least the Warrior fans don't look at it that way. No, but Steph, I, I, Steph anybody, you watch a lot of their games. I'm not even saying that Steph's not the number one guy. I think Durant's the best all-around player on the team. I think Steph's the most important player on okay. the team. I'm not. It's not about, oh, now Steph's the two. I, I'm not even thinking that way. I'm saying we don't get those moments. I hear you. We don't get those games. still there. You it's get, like the difference between you, Jordan – uh, post first retirement and fir- and pr- prior first retirement. Prior first retirement, there were the dunks. It was just more dynamic play. Second, you know, after the first retirement, he was still great. Some maybe even better. A different great, but a different great. Yeah, it wasn't you. quite I, quite as exciting. It still was exciting, not quite as much. That's I, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, when you've got a grouping of talent like that, you get a little bit less of all of of what they do, I think. But I, I hear you. Um, Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. Coming up next, a very fair question. You can weigh in on it at 877-99 on Fox. Reuben Foster, star defensive player for the 49ers, has been arrested. But even if he's guilty of what they charged him with, did he do anything wrong? That's next. All right, with Broussard Willard, Fox Sports Radio. This playoff game, while it's not getting good, it's getting good. Do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> yes. Like the quality. Is, <laughs> you know what? You know exactly. I'm going to give you the perfect 
scenario of what, what you're talking about. Okay. I covered, I was the backup beat writer back in the late 90s when the Knicks and the Heat would have their rivalries in the playoffs. I remember those. Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, Jamal Mashburn, Patrick Ewing. Ewing was hurt for a lot of that, but Spreewell, you know, Larry Johnson, Allen Houston, all that. The games would be terrible. 77-72, you know, 81-79, all that. But what you could count on was that with two minutes left, you didn't know which way it, it was going to go. Exactly. Yep. It was going to be a one-point game, <laughs> and you had no idea who was going to win, and you okay. were on the edge of your seat. Okay, so you knew exactly what I meant because that is exactly <laughs> what I meant, where I'm like, this is not the most aesthetically pleasing football game. However, it's a minute away from the fourth quarter, and it's a one-point game. And uh, Philadelphia is driving down the field, and they've just moved into the red zone. So uh, this could absolutely still go either way, 10-9, to 9, Falcons lead the Eagles. Keep you up to date. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios while we're in the NFL. And Dart and I, I had to describe this and explain this in some sort of a way to my son this morning. We actually took a trip uh, up to San Francisco during the holiday break. And uh, my son came back with a brand spanking new Reuben Foster jersey. Ooh. Okay? Ooh. And uh, he's very excited about it. Loves Reuben Foster. Carlos Hyde's one of his favorite players, but Carlos is a free agent, so he was worried that his uh, jersey was no longer going to be a 49er jersey after this year. So he bought himself wow. a Ruben Foster Why not jersey. Garoppolo? Uh, couldn't find one. Probably all, all sold, sold out. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And he's a free agent too, by the way, but I think they're going to keep him. <laughs> so um, he comes out of bed this morning, and this is the problem with 10-11-year-olds. He's about to be 11 because – I saw the story, and I'm like, well, I'm not telling him that. <laughs> you just hope he doesn't see it, right? Comes out of bed, and he goes, Dad, I just got a text from my friend that Reuben Foster got arrested. And That's I looked, tough. and then I looked it up, and he did. He got arrested. He goes, why did he get arrested? He didn't know what it was for. He didn't know what it was for. He just saw the headline, Reuben Foster gets arrested. And darn it if I don't, uh, you know, put my own moral code through this, because the first thought that goes through my head is, I don't know why he got arrested, son, because what he did is legal in the majority of the states in the United States of America. Well, maybe not the majority if it was just recreational use. What is it use. about? Yeah, yeah. So where we're at right now, and if you don't know the story, Reuben Foster was cited for marijuana possession in Alabama. Um, the stats are that in 29 states right now, marijuana is legalized at a minimum for medical use. And I think we're in the neighborhood of about nine or 10 states where it is legal simply for recreational use. Okay. But if you can simply take a look at where we're at in our evolution, I think it's rather obvious that another 20 to 30 years from now, that's going to be just about everywhere. Oh, you think it'll take that long? Maybe not that long. I, I, I don't know. Some, I don't some think of, it'll take some 20 these, years. Some of these states, like the one that he was arrested in, they take a minute. <laughs> wow. It takes a minute. You know what I mean? I don't know. It takes a minute. Some, stuff's happening fast now. It I is. Think. Life yeah. comes at you fast. But, I mean, I look at this, and it's truly, um, I don't know what to say to him. Because I'll be honest with you. Reuben Foster shouldn't be arrested. He shouldn't be suspended. He shouldn't be anything. No, he shouldn't. Um 
but he is. <laughs> and you got to figure out exactly. something to say to your son. But <laughs> no, it, it, look, and, and, and I, I mean. Don't, you don't want to be like, oh, son, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And then he finds out what he did, and he's like, oh, cool, dad doesn't think there's exactly. anything wrong. Exactly. That's my no. thing. <laughs> I mean, look, it's that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. I agree with you. I, I understand states, you know, different states have different laws, obviously. But this seems to me to be something you can't really have different laws with this because it's uh, at least, I mean, I I just don't know. This is something, and I have a problem with them. I, I, I'm, I'm upset about this whole marijuana situation because for so many years, and I do, I'm going to say there was a racism to it. So many black men have been locked up mm-hmm. for marijuana possession and taken away from their families, spend time in jail or prison, and who knows what that does to your life. Can ruin your life, especially to come oh, out. To me? come out, even if you come out mentally intact mm-hmm. and haven't been abused, it's tough for you to get a job. Of course. And so, so many black men went through that, and now... We're legalizing it, and dudes are selling it and making money off of it, and it's all good. So I got a big problem with it from that standpoint, not so much from a moralistic standpoint of whether right. you want to say well, marijuana is right and, or wrong. And, and what does the NFL do now? Are you going to suspend guys for doing something that's wrong in one state, but it's yeah, not, I don't it's think not you, wrong you in another state? Can you? So, so like a Ruben player Foster, on one team uh, uh, can uh, smoke uh, it, and a player on another team uh, can't. And by the way, let me tell you what the 49er fan base thinks of marijuana. <laughs> they are right with it. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben's going to be right a hero. Tim Lincecum years ago with the Giants got sighted up in Washington. So what did the Giants fan base do? They made T-shirts that said, let Tim smoke. It's San Francisco. They don't care about this. They don't even blink an eye about this. It has to be universal, period. Right? This is something I think – there are certain things that don't – this is something that kind of I think does. All right, Mark and Chris, Chris Mannix is going to join us next. All right, Magic Johnson on Twitter. He's known for sitting down and writing some things on Twitter that are like, hey, did you know that two plus two equals four? That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of Magic's deal. But this one actually had some meat behind it, even though it was kind of subtle. Uh, a tweet a couple hours ago, so proud of my Lakers players and Coach Walton for winning their fourth game in a row against the Mavericks. Yes, a simple statement, but I think we all get it. This time there's a little bit more behind it. Uh, he's showing some support uh, to Luke Walton. He deserves it. That's a good thing. Yeah, and um, yesterday, Brian Winhorst, of my former employee, yes, great reporter, former colleague of mine, he was on the Rich Eisen show, and he brought up, you know, that Luke could be in trouble, David Fisdale could be the next coach, and I think it was taken the wrong way. I think Brian was just – Spec, say, basically saying what he heard around the league, around the league, not from the Lakers. I don't think about, he about was from LeBron. I mean, Brian no, Windhorst no, does. No. I mean, he talks to LeBron's people sometimes. No, he that was from the league. Okay, that was Windhorst saying. I took it as Windhorst was saying, people around the league are saying because the Lakers have not come out and given Luke a vote of confidence, they think there's truth to what LeVar was saying, and they began speculating he's out of there, 
and Fizdale's in next. And so now you're seeing Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson and everybody uh, involved to with the put organization out the head to social media. But sometimes a vote support. of confidence can be like a kiss of death it to a be. lot of people. And that's I think that's why they didn't come out initially and do it because they wanted to ignore LeVar. Yeah. And they also were like, you know, a lot of times you put that out there and then well, some people think, oh, that means it, he's in trouble. Quite frankly, it would be ridiculous to be thinking about a coaching move right now uh, with the Lakers after all the coaching moves that have been made and the idea that, what, are they supposed to win more games when uh, the average age of their players is like 12 years old? I mean, it, it, like, they're, they're young. Yeah. This is a very, very early step in the process. Uh, and a lot of those individuals are showing some promise. So that and more uh, with Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer, Yahoo Sports. Chris Mannix show as well on NBC Sports Radio joins us now live on Fox Sports Radio. Chris, really appreciate you coming on. So uh, this thing that's going on with the Cavs of late, I, I think a lot of people say, look, it's, uh, it's, it's early. We know about the Cavs. Uh, they, they punt in a lot of regular season games. No big deal. I'm not in that camp at all. One of these years, this is going to matter. Boston feels real to me. What do you think? Yeah, I've been been very pro-Boston since really mid-November when, when the Cavaliers' defensive problems started to kind of crop up initially and, and started to really see what Boston looked like in the aftermath of the, the Gordon Hayward injury. I mean, in, in talking with people in Cleveland, they, they'll they admit that you know the, the problems that the Cavs are having with their defense, they're you know they're in some ways they're similar to what they've gone through in years past, but I, I think they're more significant. And, and I was talking to an assistant coach uh, that played or coached against the Cavs uh, during that that most recent loss to Toronto. And while that game was going on, he was telling me he's like, look at the transition defense; they don't get back at all. Uh, look at the interior uh, defense; there is none. We can just we just charge into the lane at all times. And, and look at Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Isaiah for all of his incredible offensive talents is is well below average with the defensive end of the floor. He really dies on screens right now. So I, I think the way and the, the ability of teams to attack them on a regular basis, that's going to be a problem. And you couple that with the fact that Boston right now is the number one defensive team in basketball. Uh, it is still early, and I guess a lot can change. But at this point, I would say this over the caps. Chris, uh, I want to ask you two things in regard to Isaiah Thomas. Because, one, how do you think he's going to fit in offensively uh, going forward? I know he's been good and he's been bad and he's still rusty and all that. But going forward, when he's back to himself, how do you think that fits in? And, two, because you're up in Boston, you've been around that team, Isaiah has not held his tongue in Cleveland. You know, he's only played a couple games and he has not been hesitant to say this is unacceptable Guys aren't playing for each other, whatever it may be. How do you think that will sit with that team in that locker room and LeBron in particular as well as his play? Well, I don't even think it's just LeBron, Chris. I think it goes over poorly with a lot of guys in that locker room. You know, a player coming in with no equity in the team, you know, immediately kind of popping off when the reality is he's, at this point, he's part of the problem, at least with, you know, predictable offensive struggles and. I guess, predictable defensive struggles as well. I mean, look, Isaiah's going to have to reinvent himself in some ways. I mean, Boston made him the focal point of their offense. Boston handed him the ball and said, a lot of times, go make plays. And Cleveland's going to have to be off the ball. In Cleveland, he's going to have to make uh, you know open shots when he's kind of standing alone and playing off LeBron James. He is going to have to adjust 
and, and really become a different type of player for this Cavs team to be successful. And I'm not sure that he's going to be able to do that, I, at least not in the half a season that he has with this team. Yeah, Chris, I, I you know, projecting that further even more, um, Isaiah Thomas will integrate, and they are the Cavs and LeBron and June, all of those things that we've come to know. I still have this question, especially if they were to end up facing the Warriors. With guys like Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love on the floor, I think that could end up being even more embarrassing this year. Who is going to guard anybody? That's that's the question that that team still needs to answer, isn't it? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, look, the the the, the one five pick and roll of Kevin Love is on the floor would be. I mean, I I look at the, the you know, forget Golden State. I mean, I don't even think Golden State's in the equation here at this point. I mean, they can't really think about what the Warriors might do. Boston plays one five a lot of times with Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. Can you imagine, you know, Kyrie Irving and Al Horford putting. You know, Isaiah and Kevin Love in a 1-5 pick and roll. It would create immediate chaos <laughs> right. out there uh, on the floor. This is why, I mean, look, I've, I've, I've been an advocate the last few weeks, of maybe even longer, actually, uh, of the Cavs using that Nets pick to upgrade their roster. I, I really believe that the Nets are going to finish somewhere in the 9-11 to 11 range. I, I think there are too many teams around them that have no reason to win, and the Nets are going to get D'Angelo Russell back. He was really good for them in the first month-plus of the season. And I think Jaleel Okafor is going to turn into an asset for them over the second half of the season to the point where you know they're, they're a, a, a low-lottery team instead of a high-lottery team. If that's the case, there's no reason to cling to that pick. I know you can get good players in that range, but it's tougher to get a franchise player at that range. And if there's a deal potentially on the table for, say, a DeAndre Jordan, that involves that Nets pick, a guy that would immediately help what you do defensively. I think you've got to you've got to at least strongly consider that type of deal. I mean, they, I think a guy like DeAndre Jordan could help this team short term. And I mean, you know, Chris, you know this is you know as well as I do what LeBron might be thinking. But if you could present, you know, a DeAndre Jordan, Isaiah Thomas core to LeBron James, it at least entices him as far as bringing him back next season. So I would I would not put that Nets pick in a lockbox when it comes to this year. See, I think that they're thinking if we can see a move out there that gets us – I mean, you, 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 nothing's going to definitely put you ahead of Golden State, but something that gets us right there with the Warriors, not just something that will get us out of the East, I think they give up that pick. Do you think a move like that is possible? You know, anything out there realistic that, you know, would make them think, okay, we got a legitimate chance now to really beat the Warriors? I don't see a move like that because I don't think they're one player away from. from what about Paul George? If he well, became, yeah, if he mean, became available, I, I, I agree. But I, I, you know, everything I've heard on Oklahoma City, they're going to ride or die with this group like that. They're not, you know, unless that there's a tremendous deal on the table that makes the Thunder, uh, you know, that, that that makes Sam Presti blown away. I, I don't see them, them them doing that. I think they're just going to you know cling to the hope that these three guys will catch lightning in a bottle or at least figure it out. Uh, before the end of the season. And, and, yeah, you're right, Paul George would, would make a difference. But I, I keep going back to Jordan. I really do. And, and I know it's not something that's on the table right now for either team. But as we get close to that deadline with the Clippers looking to maybe try to reboot this thing around Blake Griffin, maybe not wanting to pay DeAndre Jordan and DeAndre Jordan being there, a lot of this, Chris, reminds me of, you remember back in 2010 when the, when the Cavaliers would not trade uh, for Amari Stoudemire because they had to give up J.J. Hicks. <laughs> like, J.J. Hicks right. stopped that deal from happening. That's how I'm starting to feel about this Nets pick. This Nets <laughs> pick, which may not be a great pick, is something they're clinging to 
in a couple of years from now, we may look back at this and laugh. Could you, could you see – what about DeAndre Jordan? Somebody mentioned this to me the other day. What about DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams? Is, could you see something like that being possible? Uh, I don't know why the Clippers would do. I mean, you'd have to give them more. Like, you know, I understand the Nets pick is, is valuable, but you know, Lou Williams on his own, I think, might have, might wind up having to the right team first round draft pick value. But the Celtics, they're going to get somebody. We, we know that. The Celtics are going to get somebody. They've got literally an $8.4 million check they can just hand somebody when, they, when it comes to the buyout market. That's why that, that the, the Cavs can't count on winning a battle for anybody during the buyout period because the Celtics can pay somebody way more than that, and they're willing to do that with a guy they might like. Boston's also willing to trade one of their own draft picks, not, some, not the, the Grizzlies pick they have coming or, or certainly not the Laker pick, but their own draft picks they'll throw into a deal, and that might get them something. So I don't think that Lou Williams would be packaged. I think, if anything, Lou Williams might be traded on his own. Chris Mannix, Yahoo Sports, joining us. Chris, I know you just spent the week out in L.A., saw some Clippers and Lakers games. The thought has been, heading into free agency this summer, uh, that the Lakers' young guys at least need to show something to uh, potential free agents. And while their record isn't any good, from an individual standpoint, maybe there is something there, right? I mean, what did you see and, and what do you hear from people around the league? Uh, look, the, the the core of the Lakers, which is effectively Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball, is, is a very enticing group. I mean, for all the criticism of Lonzo Ball, I mean, if you take away his carnival barking father and, and all the drama around him, you, you have a very good rookie, a guy that's struggling with the shot like every rookie does, but has been, you know, given, you know, hit or miss with the shot improving, you know, slowly but steadily over December and into January. Uh, Ingram looks so much better. I, I can... He's not going to be Kevin Durant, but I can certainly see shades of Durant in his game. And Kuzma's a steal at the back end of the draft. But the problem the Lakers are having, and the problem Luke Walton's having, have, having is outside the three players I've named, nobody else has equity in that team. Like Nobody else wakes up and goes to practice thinking, boy, I can't wait to make the Lakers better. They're all kind of either out for themselves or they're, they're, they're you know, expecting like a Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson to be traded before the deadline. That makes for... It's not a toxic environment. I don't think it's there yet, but certainly not one that is that is really focused on winning night in and night out. That's a challenge for Luke Walton that I don't think can be overcome this season. Chris, great stuff. Really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. Anytime, fellas. Thanks, Chris. Great job. All right. Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer, Yahoo Sports. Hold on a second. The Eagles aren't about to do this, are they? Yeah. If they score here. Yeah. If they score here, is it over? If they, uh, if, if they, they score convert a touchdown, the extra point. If they score, even if they don't get the extra point, well, I guess, yeah, no, they're still up by eight. If, yeah. they don't get, if they go up by it's nine, over. is it over? It's probably over. But let me, if you don't, okay, here's the situation. It's fourth and about a yard and a half. They're inside the five-yard line. They're up by two. And we know Doug Peterson loves to go for it. Go, He's got the same vibe that Jack Del Rio did last year with the Raiders. Go for it, man. Go for it. Okay. Fourth and two. If you don't get it. A field goal you kick, beats no, you. No, you kick the field goal. You got to kick, the, kick field the field goal, goal, don't you? You have to I kick mean, the I field goal. I mean, I love people who go for it, but this feels a little reckless. You know when you go for it? If you are all right, Central there. Florida right, and you're playing oh, Alabama right. and you got absolutely nothing to lose, then maybe you do it. All but right. no, they're, they're kicking the field goal. And Smart he got move. talked out of it. Yeah, they're, they're kicking the field goal. So here comes Jake Elliott. It's only a 
yard field goal attempt, and the kick is good. So the Eagles are going up by five. 6.02 left to go. Here comes Matt Ryan and company. We're going to find out about this nickname, Matty Ice, uh, coming up in just a second. So uh, we'll follow along with that. Uh, somebody just declared for the NFL draft. Uh, we'll tell you about that uh, and uh, and much more. Are you telling me that I'm I'm getting out of hand here with this with the Cavs thoughts? Yeah, I I, I was being respectful of our man Chris Mannix because he was a guest on the show and oh, I believe so you in hospitality. You think he's crazy but you're too. here every week, uh huh. So I'm not gonna be as nice to you. Okay, let's get into that next. <laughs> and by the way, you can weigh in eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is the number. Are you buying or selling that this Cavs week is actually a problem? That's next. All right, so far, our NFL playoff hopes are not going very well. No, they are not. I, I mean, last week, I think I, I, I had a bad week. I was I, – I, New Orleans I picked. Okay. Uh, Atlanta – who they they beat? The Rams. The Ram, I picked the Rams. Okay. I thought the Rams would win that. Um, sure Tennessee, you, they, I sure definitely you thought didn't the pick. Chiefs would win. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs would win. I thought they'd win handily. And then uh, Jacksonville, wh- who they they the, the Bills. Yeah, yeah, I, I that, picked Jacksonville. That was, that was one of the least aesthetic yeah. playoff games I've ever seen. Yeah, in my it life. wasn't. A, it was a I, bad I, game. I, I was sitting here with Rob Ryan watching that game, and I'm and we were sharing this. Like I've never watched an NFL playoff game before. Right? Inherently, these are supposed to be good teams who have had a successful year. An NFL playoff game where the narrative around both teams is, boy, who's the quarterback going to be next year? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're sitting here watching <laughs> these two teams had a great year, and you're like, man, both these teams need a new quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so that's yep. what that's what that was. I this is there's nothing you can do about this. The ball bounces the way it does, but for the NFL's sake, there's been a bunch of unfortunate things happen the last two weeks in terms of who's won. So, how much more excited would you be about tonight? If the Chiefs were were in New England, oh my gosh! Right, I think every that would be a game everybody would be pointing to. And, and how much more excited would you be about even anything Eagles related if Carson Wentz oh. was still playing? And I'll take you a step further. Let's go back to Week 17 of the AFC season. How much better would it have been if the Ravens and Chargers had made it as opposed to the Titans and the Bills? Let's yep. call it what it is. The Ravens and Chargers are better football teams. Yep. They're yep. better football teams than the Titans and the Bills. So the Bills just meekly showed up and left. That was predictable. What if that had been the Chargers, for example? Who knows what we would have gotten. And if you were looking at this, what if you had had tonight and tomorrow morning? <laughs> the Patriots hosting, let's say, the Chiefs or the Chargers, and – you know the Steelers. Chargers wouldn't have been as exciting. Better than the Titans. Yeah, it would have been better. Like than the let's Titans, say the but Chargers. That, that wouldn't have been. It the, would have been better than what we're gonna see. The Chargers. But went it to, wouldn't have been hyped. You know what I mean? Chargers went to New England this year, lost by one score. Yeah, but so, but I, my the point Chiefs is, would have been like people right. would have really well, been. Well, in, I say that because what if Kansas City <clears> was in Pittsburgh? Like what if those? To okay. me, those were the four best teams in the AFC. The, the four. The Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Patriots, the Steelers, and probably the Chargers or the Ravens. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to disrespect Jacksonville like that because well, that defense is stout. I mean, for, I'm saying from so a watch. I think watch, I'm going to pick them over the Chargers. From a watchability standpoint. And and by okay. the way, Jacksonville did host the Chargers this year. And while it ended up being a 20-17 to 17 overtime game, 
the Chargers had it and fumbled in in you know what was supposed to be put away the game time. So uh, the the Jags are good, but Blake Bortles is their quarterback. And you you also work where? Just just full disclosure. Um, San at, Diego. Uh, I Heart. San Diego. I work for okay. I Heart Media. So, so just just throwing <laughs> that out there. Okay. Just so y'all have some context. But, but what did we say earlier? <laughs> what did we say earlier? Quarterbacks. No, Quarterback. no doubt. Quarterback. Philip Rivers, yeah. Okay? Of course. Rivers and Roethlisberger yeah. and Smith and Brady and Wentz versus Matt you. Ryan and Drew Brees and Cam Newton. And, and, and no disrespect to Case Keenum, it's been a really nice year. It's been a nice year. And I hope he plays really well. Um, but you're putting him in there with an elite, probably the best defense in football. And and we've seen that story before. That's the Trent Dilfer nah, story. It works. That's exactly. the Brad Johnson work. story. It works, but it's not necessarily the most exciting thing. All I'm no. saying is not that anybody who's there doesn't deserve it. They do. But for the NFL's sake, uh, the ball could have bounced very easily a couple different ways, and I think the, no rating, the ratings would have been higher last weekend and this weekend if it had. No question. I, I fully agree with you. Uh, Maybe some of your minor points I might disagree with, but you're right. We we want to see a lot of my points are minor. That's, that's <laughs> no, so, <laughs> we want to see them throw it around the yard. Yeah, man. Period. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm and you know Kansas City though. Here's the thing though. Gosh, and look, Rob Parker yeah. was in for you last week. Yes, he was. He is calling for Andy Reid's job. Of course he is. He likes I to think call for everybody's okay, job. Okay, because you're 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 Rob being does. more level headed. Look, I get it. Andy Reid has just not delivered in the playoffs. But my thing is, look at where you were before him. Well, he is a guy that he has proven. He is maybe it's maybe he's Martin Schott, Marty Schottenheimer part two. Maybe, that's but a good, that's, that, a good, that's and, and by the I way, I would give him at least one more year. Ask most Charger fans how they feel about how it's gone since Marty Schottenheimer right. left. They take him back now. That's right. They take him back now. Uh, I mean, maybe not now. He's uh, he's very old and not of wonderful health anymore, but. <laughs> Um, I, I listen. I think you have a point. This is very much a, a point that's made by fans who are in the stands who have had five beers. Fire Andy Reid. Okay, who are yep. you getting? Yep. Be careful. We gotta get rid of Alex Smith. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes looks good on tape. I mean, maybe he will be well, great. that's going to be interesting, It's going to be interesting. Because oh. I'm with you. I haven't seen enough. Oh, they are going to trade him. Okay. Oh, he's Have you gone. seen enough of Mahomes? I mean, we not. don't know what they're seeing in Nobody practice. Nobody has. But hold on. Maybe they, maybe they feel about him like the Patriots have felt about Garoppolo. Maybe. And we, I felt like with Garoppolo, it's three, what, two games. We didn't know. I, I, that's not enough for me. Right. But they knew because of practice. They so knew. maybe. But you're right. And, and. Here's what I say about sports, especially the NBA, and I, I'm going to throw a, a little twist on it to make it football as well. What you want in sports, well, this is the game, fourth and six. Oh, here we go. Atlanta, come on. They throw, and they've got Julio. they got there Julio at the 39. Wow, what there a pass. It is. Great By the way, pass. not quite the game. There's still three and a half minutes to go, and they had two timeouts. Uh, but that was no, a gutsy. No, they got plenty of time. Yeah, that was a gutsy call. And, uh, and it works, and so now the Falcons have the ball inside the Eagles' 40-yard line, uh, closing it on the three-minute mark of a five-point nice game. Pass too. So here we go. This is the classic thing we were talking about. Not, an, not a great game, but a great game. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is Miami, New York. Yeah. Heat Knicks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Slug it out, but yep. now we got a close finish. Okay, yep. go ahead. Sorry. But what I was going to say is what you want in professional sports – 
is that five to ten year, maybe seven year window where you're in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Every year you're in the hunt, you're in the discussion. In basketball, Sacramento Kings with Chris Webber, Peja Soyakovich, Vladi Divac, Mike run. Bivy, never won it, never even got to the finals. Right. But it was a heck of a run. And you would they would die for that in Sacramento. Oh now. my gosh, ever again. Phoenix with Steve Nash. Never even got to the finals. Patrick Ewing in New York never won it. Both of those teams would die for that. Right I, now. I always say this about the run from the Buffalo Bills with Jim Kelly. Yes. And by the way, yes. your, your aforementioned Rob Parker uh, is going to be here in about a half hour. And if he's listening on his way in, he'll be furious with both of us. He'll tell you that that four-year run was a wild failure. <laughs> wild, <laughs> epic Dumpster fire. No like, way. Went, no no way. No way. No how. No way. Sports has a short menu, wins and losses, except for people who actually use context. They went to the Super Bowl yep. four years in a row. Yep. Okay? The idea is to watch sports and have fun. That's fun. I know they lost. I know Scott Norwood missed a kick. Please don't, don't say that Marv Levy's a bad coach and Jim Kelly's a bad quarterback because Scott Norwood pushed a kick Four yards yep. to the right. Yep. Okay? Yeah. All right, much more on this as this game comes down the stretch. I do think the Cavs are in trouble. We'll get to that. But let's uh, let's get Ralph in here as well, get fully updated on what's going on. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And you talked about it briefly, but this is how Philadelphia extended their lead. This is only a 21-yard field goal. This is almost an old extra point. I get it. I still like the aggressive play, but I get it. Ball is spotted, the kick is up, and the kick is good. Sports Radio 94 WIP Eagles Radio Network with the call as Philadelphia has a 15-10 lead over Atlanta. Of course, it is with just two minutes to play in the fourth quarter. We'll see what comes down here. It's a final in Charlotte. Oklahoma City beats the Hornets 101-91. Russell Westbrook with 25 points, 10 rebounds in the win. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. All at geico.com. Tim Brown from Yahoo reporting, and now a lot of sources confirming that Pittsburgh starter Garrett Cole has been dealt to the world champion Houston Astros for four players. Back to you guys. All right, Ralph, thank you very much. Appreciate that. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Just a quick wrap on that, though. Without, I mean, Patrick Mahomes might be great. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, to suggest that Alex Smith is not a viable quarterback your defense in Kansas City was porous this year. Alex Smith is definitely, I mean, a a rich man's Case Keenum. Like, if you yeah. were to put the right things around him on both sides of the ball, could Alex Smith win a Super Bowl? There's no doubt in my mind. And play out the next few years. Um, what if Tom Brady does walk away? What if Ben Roethlisberger does walk away? What if Andrew Luck's shoulder doesn't get right? Who is it you want in the AFC quarterbacking your team? I mean, that guy's not – now, it's too late now. Now you went and moved up in the draft in the first round and got a quarterback. 
So you're not gonna you're not gonna repay Alex Smith. But I, I've just we've seen this story before. I don't blame the Chiefs for wanting to be great as opposed to just very good. I don't blame them for that. I just think you got to look great early on. Yeah, now what did. I what I had a problem with, and and if you look at their swoon in the middle of the season, it was because they stopped getting the ball to Kareem Hunt as much as they had been earlier, which they did in the playoff exactly. game last week how as did, well. How do you do that? That that that's what upset me. Like I think he had five touches in the second half. Five touches half? in the second half. What? When you have an eighteen-point lead. What? Yeah, I don't know. NFL's leading rusher. That's what bothers me. I don't get it. Um, all right, first and goal for the Eagles. Timeout on the field. One nineteen to go. Um, I'm sorry. First and goal for the Falcons. The Eagles are up by five. Minute nineteen to go. First and goal for the Falcons. Timeout on the field. This is as good as it gets. This is really fun now. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that. But meantime. Um, listen, LeBron James is LeBron James. He'll be there in the end. I understand that. When I say there, though, I don't necessarily mean the NBA Finals. It's not a birthright, even though it feels that way sometimes. One of these years, the games in the regular season or the trends that we see are actually going to mean something. They're actually going to, yeah, like 2021. Is that when? That's the year. Is that when? 2021. Okay. (laughs) Listen, I mean, answer that for me. They can't guard anybody. How is that not a problem? That is a an issue. Okay. But if you listen to the things Chris Mannix said, that the scout told him, that the scout told him, they don't get back on defense for tra- in transition. An effort problem. Okay, true. It's not something that can't be fixed once you say, okay, the games matter. Let's get our butts back. Okay. They don't, they, you know, you get to the lane whenever you want. An effort problem. Now, I'm not saying they have a seven-footer in there who's blocking shots. But when we you watched the game against Toronto the other night, I mean, guys were just going right by players and dunking uncontested. That's effort. And if you look at LeBron James's last four years, including his last year in Miami, 54 wins, 57 wins, or maybe it was 57 wins, 54 wins, 53 wins, 51 wins last year. They're on about a 51-52 win pace right now. LeBron understands it's not about the regular season, and I'm in my 15th year. He is pacing himself, still playing tremendous basketball, particularly offensively. Defensively, he's really resting okay and that's a big part of their problem is that one your best defender or one of them is not locking down is not playing with the energy on that end of the floor not even helping on that end of the floor what he tends to do is roam and that's causing problems and two when you see that your best player is not playing that way or is playing that way and not giving all that effort on defense then everybody tends to do it. 
And that's that a, is a big that's a part problem. of the problem. And, that, and that's a problem, But it's by not going to be a problem. Last year, they lost seven of their last 11 games. Last year, they played 500 football for the last three or four months of the season. The year before that, it was Kyrie and LeBron battling. The year before that, it was Kevin Love fit in or fit out. The year before that, it was David Blatt and LeBron bumping him in. I mean, there's LeBron James, as great as he is, creates drama at least two times a year a season it seems like the sky is falling in cleveland you know that is that not right this is groundhog day that's all it is now if they were in the west they're not as good as obviously golden state houston is better san antonio may be better uh minnesota might be like the Cavs aren't that good of a team but the East is not that good of a conference. That's what I'm saying. Well, the Boston Celtics didn't have uh, what I would consider to be a true playoff one last year. This year they got to go through Kyrie. That's the difference. And I think it's a problem. I so think it's they got to go through LeBron. Yeah, I understand so that. So you're going to take Kyrie over LeBron? No, I'm going to take the Celtics over the Cavs if it started tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. It doesn't. But it doesn't. That's the thing. I get it. All right. Um, updating the Eagles and Falcons. Five-point lead for the Eagles – Falcons, are they now facing fourth and goal? Fourth and goal at the one? Did they get that? Was a complete pass to Julio Jones, wasn't it? Uh, Matt Ryan hits Julio Jones on the slant here, but he is down at about the two yard line. So here we go. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The entire season for two teams comes down to one two yard play. Minute five on the clock, fourth and goal coming up. Uh, The way this uh, first and goal went from the nine-yard line, incomplete to Julio Jones, then an incomplete shovel pass to Devontae Freeman, then a complete pass down to the two to Julio Jones. So here comes the fourth and goal play. Uh, What do you like here? You kind of have the option. You could run it. You could pass it. You got Julio. What do you do? You know – Sign Marshawn Lynch. I think they pass. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right, right. I think they're passing. Marshawn Lynch thinks they should run the ball. I always just get so afraid. Because a pass, they're just more negative that can happen, well, right? Well, and you're in a, a condensed, drop, uh, and a condensed yeah. portion of the field where there's not a lot of room to move around. I mean, we saw it, you know, as he mentioned, with Seattle a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. there's always something. It's just more dangerous. However, you know, a run, you got to get through that line of scrimmage. So it's – Oh, well, are they questioning whether he caught it? Now there's a review as to whether or not Julio Jones actually caught this because as he's going to the ground – I don't think he survived the ground. Oh, let's see. There, there, oh, he did it. Well, I don't think you can overturn that. The really? Ball, yeah, the ball hits the ground. The ball's on the ground. Well, no, but his, but his arm is around it. Again, the ball can hit the ground if you have control of it. And I don't see anything there that definitively tells me he doesn't have control. See that? Like, oh, uh, and, and again, that ball's moving. But the big thing that I'm trying to scream from the mountaintops right now is the original replay review rule was unless you are a thousand percent sure you gotta stick with the call on the field and there it is it's upheld two words i agree with that kelvin benjamin you were not but but where we were we did we have definitive evidence that was a horrible review that was a horrible mistake. But that's what I'm saying. They should have left it. Yes. As it was. That's 100%. what I'm saying. But they did the right that thing one, here. I, I was 100% they sure they did the right thing catch here. It. Yeah, so they upheld it. So here we go. Uh, fourth and goal for the Falcons from the two-yard line with a minute five on the clock and a 15-10 to 10 game for the Eagles. 
Ryan's going to go on the shotgun. Devontae Freeman to his left. They are passing. He rolls to his right. He's looking. He's pump faking. He's improvising. He hucks it up in the air. Oh! And Julio Jones, incomplete. Jones had a shot. I did, too. I mean, whatever he was looking for, he went to his first, his second, his third option, and in the end, he just threw it up to Julio Jones. And Jones had a shot, but he could not hang on. And the Eagles are going to survive and host the NFC title game. Wow, Jones fell. Jones fell, but he gets up, leaps for it. It went right through oh, his hands, Chris. Yeah, I mean, oh it's a gosh. tough play because the defender had his arm up. It is. But still, you, that's a play that Julio. Uh, 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 I would expect the Julio eight, Jones to eight, make that catch. Eight, oh, gosh. Wow. Nine, nine times out of ten, he makes it. I don't know if he would have come down with his feet inbounds. That did go right through it his hands. It went right through his hands. Wow. Yeah, I, I would expect Julio to make wow. that catch. I'm not going to say it's an easy catch, no. but it's a catch you got to make. No, there's nothing a- easy. As one of the best, maybe two receivers in the game. Um, all right, speaking of the best in the game, the guy many believe is the best running back in the game. Made an interesting decision this week. We'll talk about that next. Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. That's Chris Broussard. I'm Mark Willard. Happy belated birthday to Rob Parker. He just showed up. He brought cake. That's a good. That's that's good looking out. I hope it's better than those cupcakes uh, at the celebration last Saturday. You know, Rob Parker's <laughs> birthday party has a very short menu. There's there's cake and there's frosting. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it. That's all you get. Um, and um, I am disappointed in the Falcons. Or more so, I'm disappointed I'm that I got to watch Nick Foles <laughs> in the NFC hey, Championship game. R.J. Bell tried to tell us, didn't he? Remember what he said? Only yeah. one bet that he placed this week. That's right. Eagles plus the he points. He did call it. Yeah. That's why we, we always play the theme song when he shows up. Yes, we do. Um, and I wouldn't You be, missed it, Nick. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's all good. I wouldn't be. Yeah, ding. Give me some ring my bell. I wouldn't be surprised. Anita, Anita Ward. If it's Nick Foles versus Case Keenum next week. You know? No, it could. I wouldn't be, Definitely I mean, a good chance of it. Vegas says so, actually. I'm hoping New Orleans, but, oh, man. Nick Foles. Okay. Nick Foles, Case Keenum. Obviously, we're going to get Brady. We know that. Uh, In the AFC. We're, we're going to get week. Brady. Next week. Yeah, yes. next week. And then you got. I think you're going to get Ben too. Ben and yeah, Portals. that Steelers Patriots game has felt I for a so. while. It's felt like a fait accompli, and usually in sports, when it feels like that, it doesn't happen. Although, usually file, find a way for it yeah, to not happen. Look, but. I'm I'm gonna read off some notes I've been checking out, and it re- is regarding the Steelers. If I can find them, <laughs> here we go. Shocking trend. Because the Steelers are favored by seven and a half over Jacksonville. They got to be, what, 30 to seven earlier in the year? 30 to nine. Roethlisberger turned it over five times. Yes. Okay. NFL teams who won won a a matchup earlier in the season by 20 or more points, when they met in the playoffs that same year, 14 of the – they won 14 of the 16 playoff games. I'm surprised that the other team won twice. Yeah. Well, this 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 would have to you know be what, uh, I, I, uh, this would have to really go against the historical trend for the Steelers to win, and I think I, they will. I think it will. I think that it will. That scares me. And it, it's because of what I just said, though. You you 
we're all basing it on that final score. Oh, they won by 21. If you remember the game, it was actually a close game into the fourth quarter, and then the Jags blew the thing open, I think, with a defensive score and a Leonard Fournette, like, 95-yard run. Something like that. So the score looked more lopsided than it was, number one. And number two, anytime you turn the ball over five times, that's not a repeatable act. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to turn it over five times tomorrow morning. No. I, I, and so that's what that's what got the Jags going there. I, I, I think that these teams are in very different situations. Uh, by the way, though, uh, while we're on the topic of the Steelers, do you believe, let me ask you this two, two-pronged question. First part, do you believe Le'Veon Bell? That he'll retire? If they, try to, if they no. try to franchise him again. No. And, and I would <laughs> – that is the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> Look, 25 years old, mm-hmm. unless you just have some other passion in your life that you just want to do, and football just, you know, you're good at it, you played it to make some money, but it's not your passion, or you're concerned about CTE or health risk in the long-term future, if you retire for one of those reasons, okay, cool. But – for the, because they're going to pay you $14 million next year and that's not enough, you're going to retire? Come on, man. I'm not saying I think he'll retire, but I thought this was actually a brilliant statement at the perfect time, it, 100%. I know everyone's, oh, well, this would never happen in the Patriots locker room. You know what? Just get used to it. Why don't we know this by now? The Steeler locker room is not the Patriots locker room. Mike Tomlin it needs runs, to be, though. No, it doesn't. Mike Tomlin it, runs a Who diff- wins the Super Bowls? Uh, uh, the Steelers have won plenty. The Patriots have won more they recently. They won one under Tomlin. What's that? One under Tomlin. Yeah, but in this era, Ben Roethlisberger's era, they've won more than one. Um, the, the Steelers are fine. Mike Tomlin has built a locker room that allows the players to be themselves. So you didn't have a problem with the Antonio Brown Facebook stuff either? Uh, a problem with it? Listen. Yeah, I, you didn't have a problem with that? No, I don't have a problem with it. Why would I have a problem with it? Antonio Because you're supposed fine. to be in there listening to the coach. But the point is, is, is that uh, these That's players, why I got a problem with These you. players we're talking about, are they producing? Yes, but okay. there's more to it. No, I don't that's think why so. The, that's why there's, year in, year out, the Patriots are there. Well, so are the Steelers, by the way. Not like the Patriots. Not like the Patriots, but they're there. It's, to say, they're, it's just like San Antonio. It's a difference. I mean, professionalism. Okay, so the the Bills locker room, that example we had earlier, they went to the Super Bowl four times in a row. But what? There was something wrong with the locker room because they didn't win no, it? I'm not saying that's the okay, only reason. I'm just saying some. there are some things that are right and some things that are wrong. Well, the I timing think, just wasn't good. No, because it got – I don't see how it, you think it was good. Because it got Max attention and the Steelers are doing him wrong at that position where you take the ball over 300 times – and uh, take that kind of punishment, and in the NFL where you've got no long-term security, they should not be able to do him like that. And that's what he's saying. Uh, but they're allowed to be themselves I agree in the Steelers' with his, locker room. I agree yeah. with his sentiment. They should take care of him, but I don't think he's going to retire, and I think he'd Probably be crazy not. to retire. I mean, if you if you get $14 million under the rule, hey, it's more money than you can make doing something else. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But I don't I don't think they'll retire, it. but I also don't think they're gonna franchise him again. Good stuff, bud.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.